So I was just checking out this website, right? Looking for some cool, cool clothes to wear for the upcoming new year. You know, trying to get 2023 in order. And I was on this website and I saw that they had all these cool hoodies and graphic tees for men and women and kids. And I was like, what site is this? Oh, it's electricaljungleshop.com. What? They always got new designs there. Crazy design shirts, cool stuff you should check out, man. I mean, seriously, like time and effort these people put into these clothes is is remarkable. I myself would check it out and check out the SFW podcast logo tee. That's pretty good. Oh, that's a pretty good thing right there. You can get yours and uh, whatever size you choose to wear. Wear it to work. Wear it to the club. You know, just wear it out. <laughs> Listen to the podcast and get a discount when they check out by entering the promo code SFW at checkout to save money on their orders. We need some good things. You got to check it out. ElectricalJungleShop.com. I'll see you there. Before we get started with the program, I just want you to know this is a comedy show. There are going to be some things said that you may disagree with, some things that you may agree with, some things you may like, some things you may hate. It's all in good fun. A lot of my research is based on quick Google searches with a bottle of whiskey at 2, 3 a.m. <laughs> it's just me. I don't have any, I don't have a high profile team behind me doing research and cataloging things and citing sources and stuff like that. I try to do that myself, but I'm only one man working this. I don't want to say copyright disclaimer under section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976. Allowances made for fair use for purposes of criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, education, and research. Fair use submitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. AKA, please don't sue me. This is all just to inform the audience of what I'm looking at here. I'm trying to try to relate when they listen to the show. Other than that, uh, I hope you have a good time listening to the show. Hope you enjoy it. Hope it's one of your favorites. If so, what you can do is you can go to wherever you listen to this podcast at, be it Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever, Overcast, wherever podcast player. If you can, just rate me five stars is appreciated, but not necessary. Just rate wherever you feel like I, I, I deserve, honestly. In the comment sections, you can write anything you want. About for this time, you just let me know a little bit about yourself. How'd you come across the podcast? That's always fun. How'd I come to your feed? If you're interested in contacting me personally, uh, I do have social medias, but they're kind of all over the place. So the best way to reach me is adcomedyjokes at gmail.com. There you can send me all types of uh, insights, criticism, likes, comments. You know, what you liked about the show, what you don't like about the show. Came across your show, man. It was trash dookie. Had to turn it off. <laughs> so just let me know. You know, let me know where where, where it is that you, you stand on the show. But, you know, I know you're out there listening. I love back at your boy. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. In the news.
news, in the news, in the news. This is according to TMZ here. Uh, I know we used to do TMZ and CNN or whatever, but there's so much political shit going on around the world and in this country. It's hard to keep track of like what's worth commenting on, everything like that. So I just want to stick to the entertainment news. Uh, I don't know if I already explained that before or not, but that's why I'm just doing TMZ because TMZ is just your only top pop culture news about what's going on. Here we go. Uh, George Foreman counters Sue's sexual abuse accuser claims last $12 million extortion attempt. So George Foreman, what is it? George Foreman says a woman accusing him of sexual abuse 45 years ago when she was a minor is allegedly dragging his name through the mud of Flatland. Uh, Foreman countersuit Monday. Accuser. Just don't put her name. Just look at that. You know, who allegedly sued the boxer last summer. TMZ Sports wrote the story. She and another woman claimed Foreman groomed and eventually sexually abused him while they were underage. In docs obtained by TMZ Sports, Foreman acknowledged that he can't sue Gwen for the allegations. Foreman acknowledges he can't sue Gwen for the allegations she wrote in her lawsuit because, but he says, excuse me, she stepped outside that protection when she held a news conference three months later. What does that mean? Foreman acknowledges he can't sue Gwen for allegations she wrote in her lawsuit. But he says she stepped out of sight of that protection when she did a news conference through one started. What does that mean? I don't, I don't know what that means. That's I need to explain that. What that he quietly gave her a sum and she wasn't supposed to talk about it or something like that. Or he paid her off beforehand and now she come back for another round. And if it really happened to her, then she should get all the money she's entitled to. During the news conference, she detailed her allegation. He asked me to remove my clothes, and if I didn't, then my father would be fired. So I complied. According to the lawsuit, former claims when the allegation repeated in the news conference are entirely fabricated, and she has zero corroborating evidence in the form of documents, photographs, letters, witnesses, support. Yeah, it was like 40 fucking five years ago. He asked Gwen is hoping that the passage of time will excuse her complete lack of evidence. Additionally, Foreman cites something he told us when, even before Gwen sued him, which is that she allegedly demanded more than $12 million from him in order to stop her from going public. Okay, so Foreman says he suffered anxiety. Okay, so it seems like to me, Gwen Hunter. That's the accuser. Gwen Hunter is the accuser. What it seems like to me is that they already had some kind of financial thing in place, probably like from an out-of-court settlement or whatever the case may be, right? Then Gwen goes on TV to tell what happened. Whether it happened or not doesn't... Well, it does matter, but it doesn't matter in case of what I'm talking about right now. She part of usually part of these agreements about out of court settlements is that you don't speak of it ever again in public 
you don't mention anybody, you don't talk about it in public, anybody asks you thinking about it on camera, you say, talk to my lawyer, or I can't comment on that, or no comment, or something like that, because that's what the settlement's about. But because she spoke about it, that's what seems to be the riff about it, and now it just seems like maybe she wants more money, but I don't, I mean, 45 years ago, I don't doubt it could have happened, but at the same time, she could be somebody looking out for money. So we'll have to see where that goes. Uh, Lisa Marie Presley. Lisa Marie Presley passed away. Uh, Elvis's daughter. And now Grace Land's brought up to her kids. So we'll see what happens with that. Probably nothing. I ain't gonna give no fucking money back to any of the people he stole fucking music from. Who gives a shit? And what she went out with Michael Jackson one time. Fuck yeah. Um, let's see, uh, Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan are dating, apparently, so that's Scottie Pippen's ex-wife and Michael Jordan's son are dating, that's super fucking weird, you don't think that's weird, mind you, and the fact that she was a grown adult married to another man, the man that was working with your father that's not weird to him at all like that whatever well, she got that you know hey some women have that make you don't even care about life of I've been there before I can't I can't say nothing I've, I've, I've had it I've had a I've had a taste of it I mean, can't imagine getting them a regular you'd be ready to fucking kill everybody you know if they said something <laughs> I've had a taste of it before, and I was willing to give up everything I knew for it, so I can't imagine having that on the regular. Uh, let's see, what else, what else, what else, what else? Alec Baldwin and the Rush shooting. I don't know much about what's going on there. Apparently, there was a, there was a loaded prop gun that should have been loaded. So why do they have prop guns that are loaded with projectiles to be fired to kill to, that could possibly hurt people? Isn't that how fucking Brandon Lee died? And they bought this up before, I know. I was like, that sounds like how Brandon Lee died. And everyone wants the conspiracy theory. Because Bruce told Brandon Lee about the dangers of Hollywood. Yeah, so I, 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 don't, I don't fucking know. I, you know, it could be a conspiracy thing that's going on. But in this thing of the conspiracy with the rush shooting, with the person who got killed, the, the, the young woman, the cinematographer, got killed. If this is a big Hollywood conspiracy of something, who's meant to go down for it and what, who benefits from it? Because right now, yeah, Alec Baldwin's going to be charged with manslaughter, but that's probably going to be like, well, you can just say he didn't know, he's an actor, you know, he, all types, he has all types of defenses in place for that. It wasn't my job to check the weapon or whatever. I didn't know that whenever they use a gun on set that they have to have it checked to make sure that it's not loaded or whatever the case may be. It's something we using all prop guns. If YouTubers can use prop guns that look real, why can't movies use prop guns the same way? Like, why, why, why are you, like, what are you doing with all that stuff? Why does it have to look real? Anyway. Drake, uh, no, that's not, I don't care about, I don't even want to mention that. 
All right, T.S. Madison. All right, you're going to hear me say something about T.S. Madison that I, I don't really care, like, if you know or not, but T.S. Madison was an, used to be an adult film star or was an adult film star or is an adult film star. I don't know. But you go on any porn site and type in the name and clips of her doing porn pop up. T.S. Madison is a transgender performer. Have it that what you will. Whatever. Like, why are you watching that? My business. All right, you're not over here. I'm lonely. All right, it's. Uh, <laughs> I got nothing against T.S. Madison personally, um, but what I will say is, it's interesting how they went from adult entertainment to being a media personality. So I don't exactly know when it happened in, in I'm going to say, her career. I don't know exactly when that happened in her career, when the transition happened, but good for her. And people like uh, fucking Corey. You know what? The thing is, this too, Corey Holcomb, and what well, he's beefing with that Pierre guy and everything. And I'm just sitting on the side. I got nothing to do with either, either side. I don't care about either person. I'm not rooting for one way, one way or the other. But what Corey Holcomb was saying, it's like, well, if that's what Pierre's into, that's got nothing to do with you, bro. You could just be like, well, I'm not into that. If Pierre's into that, then let him be into that. That isn't, what's the whole Jay-Z line? What you eat doesn't make me shit, or what I eat doesn't make you shit, or something like that. It's the same way. Like, you, you know, just... Love, love who you want to love, like you want to like, as long as they're of age, right? I'm talking about fucking child predators over here. I'm talking about people who are like same sex or people who maybe identify as straight. And, and you know, when I was younger, I told the story when I was younger, I, I, I met a young woman I didn't know was transgender and I had a really good time with her. I'll say her, for instance. And when I found out that she was transgender, I freaked out about it. I was like, oh, no, fuck this bitch. Or fuck that nigga. Mm. You know, after, after you know, I was, you know, talked to him all night and we had a good time together. It's like, why does that change the fact that you had a good time? Why does that have to be that? Like, you had a good time with that, with that person. So we shouldn't, you know, like, as long as you had a good time, you know, that's all that matters. Have a good time and be safe. Here's C.S. Mass. Who made Beyonce? Beyonce? Who? Uh, I've heard, I listen, we were talking about it this morning in our other uh, meeting, and there are a lot of fans who just feel like she, the word that was used was that she sold out. That's the phrase people are using. Uh, I'm talking about Beyonce performing for the Dubai show. All right, we just skip this. I don't, I don't fucking care, to be honest with you. Because Beyonce's already performed for a fucking dictator's son at a private party back in her early career, back in the early 2000s. It's just more money to be gathered. I mean, look, if fucking Kim Jong Un, Il, whatever his name is, he's fucking willing to pay me 500 grand to come over there and talk for an hour about how great North Korea is. Probably wouldn't take it because I don't want to be stuck over there for any political reasons. <laughs> I don't know how y'all feel about us over here, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm not, it's not going to Russia right now. I don't, don't want to do that. 
you know, I don't go over there thinking I'm gonna get paid and you're gonna have me locked up and all that money's gonna go to attorney fees and shit. But if it was just, you know, a dictator of a country was a fan of a fan of Beyonce's done it, J Lo's done it, Mariah Carey's done it. Don't lie about it. Just say you did it for whatever reason, either for your own personal reasons. Or you did it and gave the money to charity. That'll be fine as well. But yeah, uh, that's all I got to say about the Beyonce bit. Yeah, so anyway, like I said before, man, as long as everyone's of age, it's consensual. Love who you want to love. Because love is one of the most sacred things we have on this planet. A lot of people don't get the experience in its true form. So if you're in the closet, but you're in love with someone else who, who, who is the same sex as you, I guess unless coming out means uh, a physical or financial harm towards you, don't do it. That's my only advice. Don't do it so you can get somewhere safe where you're able to do it. Because I understand, like, you know, if you live in some areas of the country and you decide to come out, that can mean a whole bag of trouble for you. But if you're able to, live free. Don't let anybody hold anything against you like that. Because that's when shame and blackmail happens and you get the, uh, 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 what was it, the, what was her name? I had a video on her. I don't know if we talked about her on this show. What was her name? It was uh, Jane Warfield, who wasn't even in a relationship with the guy, mind you. Just some guy that she let eat her out a month, years ago, whatever the case may be. And I guess she was trying, I guess they were trying to sort of see each other back then. And then she found out that he was secretly gay and threatened to expose him. And was like, oh, if you don't give me money, I'm going to expose you. And that lets the whole thing and shit kill. But the whole thing is, if he, if, if he was comfortable with being himself, he couldn't be himself in that community. Because he knew in that community, it would be harmful to him to be that way. Just live your life. Truthful, honest, and passionate. Just don't hurt anybody while you're doing it. I know that's hard to say sometimes because I, I've with, with this whole with the LGBT thing, I'm, I'm, I'm a supporter of it. You know, I don't, you know, my personally, it's like I don't care who you love as long as everyone's of age is consensual. Um, but also, I understand, you know, it, it, it's a troublesome thing to come out at certain, certain times in the world, you know, depending on where you are, you may have hardships, anything like that. But also, part of me is also kind of like. If you're okay, if you're a guy who you might have been secretly gay all your life, but you started a family and you have a family, and then one day you decide to tell your family, "Oh, I'm gay," or "Oh, I'm transgender," and I'm leaving your wife. I'm leaving my wife to live my life. It's kind of like, well. 
Now you have responsibilities. Now you just can't live for yourself. I understand that's a fucked up thing to say to like close them in that box. But once you breathe life into this world, your responsibility, your life is no longer just you. It's also them. And to, to like, because I, I hear stories of like, you know, guys leaving their, their, their kids because it's like, oh, I'm gay and I want to go out and do this now. And it's like, well, that's fine, but we have kids together. And you're just going to leave them to sell around the world with your boyfriend for years and act like you don't have responsibilities? No, I don't I don't agree with that. So you, just take that. So just take that into account. Uh, if you're someone who's going to come out with, with like if you have kids or something, think about how that affects them. Think about what you're going to do for them. Like, don't just come out and just be gone. Once you come out, well, I'm coming out and I'm gone. Now I'm going to explore all the avenues I couldn't when I was younger. Like, no, you still need to be there for your kids. Horrible, horrible, horrible situation. That's got nothing to do with being in the news. What was in the news, I was going to say, was that uh, the T.S. Madison thing. And I wonder how she went from being an adult film star to being a media personality. I, I don't know exactly when or how that happened but uh you know it's good for her good for you t.s madison uh congratulations oh there was a Marty park shooting summer breaks down struggle something came over me i don't know there was like yeah as i say this now as i'm recording this it was like two or three other shootings since they're shooting so it's like which one do i report on now, Britney Spears looks fucking anorexic and sick. What the fuck is wrong with her? This is all on TMZ. Tim, okay, this is the one I want to see. Okay. Pamela Anderson claims Tim Allen flashed her. He flatly denies it. Pamela Anderson claims Tim Allen once showed her his penis unsolicited. Inflation just now coming to light in her new memoir, but he claims BS. The iconic actress and model shared a flashy allegation and excerpt from her book, Love Pamela, which Variety obtained. Uh, in 1991, on Tim Allen's sitcom Home Improvement, when she was 23 years old, she writes, On my first day of filming, I walked out of my dressing room. Tim Allen was in the hallway in his robe. He opened his robe and flashed me quickly, completely naked underneath. Pam, Pam asked, he said it was only fair because he had seen me naked. Now we're even. I laughed uncomfortably. Tim, for his part, tells PMZ, no, it never happened. I would never do such a thing. Says the guy who's a fucking snitch on record for fucking dodging federal cocaine charges and shit like that. I don't know if I believe anything he says. Or... Do you believe anything he says because he's on trial on, on that for that? But to go from federal cocaine charges to being could be sentenced for what? He turned on his, his plug and turned on everybody else and got off. And then went on to be Tim Allen. Not like went back and like slithered back into the recesses of the crime world and you never really knew who he was. No, you went on to be a fucking 
stand-up thing in the 80s and a, and, a, and a household name in the 90s. So come on now. Like, uh Now, if this happened in 1991, as she claims, this probably would presumably have been during the first season of Home which started airing the same time, the same year Pam was on lots of episodes in season one as a two-time girl and even appeared in the pilot. Pam went on to co-star the second season of Home Prover and made a cameo as the original character. Earlier show Baywatch was taking off her 90s. I mean, it might have, might have, could have happened. That's not, that's not, you know. I feel like because of the culture was back then, maybe Tim did it and didn't think much of it, so it's like so forgettable to him. But like, nah, that didn't happen. I didn't do that. Wait, did I do it? I don't, I don't think I did that. Maybe I did that. No, nah, I didn't. I can't say maybe I did that. I didn't do that because he didn't want to ruin his his uh, thing. And what what else has he been in besides Santa Claus movies and Toy Story? Mind you, recent years. No one's checking for Tim Allen. Anyway, that was in the news. In the news. In the news. Um, I saw this thing here. Uh, oh, let's 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 check on um, the Idaho killer. What's his name? Brian Kohlberger. Say restaurant was debunked. Um, let's see what else we can find here from this guy. Just want to do updates since I've been doing it so far. Let's see where we are right now. Now I must preface with saying that I'm just following the updates and giving my unsolicited opinions of what I think happened that are 100% speculation because so many people on social media and people that do like podcasts that discuss true crime have speculated on what he's been doing and why he's been doing it and and all this type of stuff to the point where like it's interrupted businesses and and, 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 and people's lives and things like that I want to make that very clear that I'm just reporting what the news says and Relaying it back to how I think about it, in a way. Probably be able to get off on uh, not being able to get a fair trial because of that happening to him, too, mind you. Because that's that's really what that's really all we're contributing to is him being able to plead uh, uh, or have the reason of, oh yeah, I won't get a fair trial because all these media speculations and podcasts have been doing stories about me and saying I'm guilty and here's how I did it and here's why I did it and all that stuff like that. And he can list probably like 10 of them off the bat that's, that did it. They also allegedly said that he was corresponding with the BTK killer, which I think is the worst fucking serial killer you could correspond with because he sounds bornish. I guess he's more energetic in his letters writing about his crimes. But when he was talking about him in court and he was just doing the whole... Oh, here it is. Let's just let's, let's do that. Let's just BTK in court. Someone's exit. Dennis Raider, serial killer, BTK. I need to find out more information. On that particular day, the 15th day of January, 1974, can you tell me where you went to kill Mr. Joseph Otero. Uh, this is writing and made no apologies. 
Just show the footage. I think it's 1834. Uh, more. All right. Can you tell me approximately what time you of day? You got a weird fucking mustache beard collar going. Uh, it's just on the lips. It's no connecting thing like with sideburns. This particular location. Did you know these people? No, that's... Uh, No, that was part of my. Uh, what is that? This particular location. Did you know these people? This particular location. No, that's. Uh, is this gonna hurt well, me? Something, something, something. Is this gonna hurt me? And she was like, the, I guess he whispered to his lawyer, something, something, something. Is this gonna hurt me? And she said no. And then he decided to continue talking. My, uh, I guess my what you call fantasy. These people were uh, selected. Right, I so mean, you, okay. I don't know, I don't really know what's fucking worst about a serial killer like this guy. Someone who indulges in it and does it and writes it about so passionately. I saw her walking home alone. She was as pretty as a June bug in summer. I just knew she had to be mine. I saw her and I broke into her house. She screamed, but no one could hear her. So I choked her with my hand. You know, like that, or just saw her walking down the street. Saw she was alone. Realized she'd be an easy target. So I hopped out of my car and overpowered her. Like, it's both things are worse. Both things are bad, mind you. But I don't know what's worse. Hearing from him so dispassionate being like describing the kind of like just a, like a like an irritating like like having to like if I had to go to work and they had to me recall, hey, what did you do last Tuesday? I was here fucking Taco Tuesday, fucking made beef taco shit. Uh Fish tacos, did all the fish, seasoned it, battered it. Uh, you know, like just try to go through that whole thing of like what I usually do on a Tuesday. I don't like, cause it's nothing like to him. It's just like an everyday thing to him, probably in his mind, in his explicit mind. You were engaged in some kind of fantasy during this period of time. Uh, yes, sir. All right. When you, when I was gonna listen to all this is over an hour is long. You were doing for your personal pleasure? Uh, sexual fantasy, sir. I see. Sexual fantasy, sir. So you went to this residence, and what occurred then? Well, uh, uh, I had uh, did some uh, thinking on what I was. Don't going be ashamed to, of it now, bro. You was all proud of when you was doing it then. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I don't want him to be up there gleefully wiping his hands together like, yeah, I did that shit. Yeah. But just be like, yo, this is this is what I did. I did it because of this reason. And I'm here now. Like I said, I don't know what's worse. Him being overly excited about it. Or him being deadpan about it. I don't know what's worse. But yeah, Brian Kohlberger, supposedly Brian Kohlberger, excuse me, was in touch with the BTK killer. But BTK said that's not the case. That never happened. But he could be lying because he doesn't want to get involved with that. I think he's on, he has life sentence now. And anything else, he probably is going to get like. Because, yeah, because the murders happened 
before a certain time, I believe, he's he doesn't get a death penalty because it happened before that. But if anything new happened that he's connected to, he, that happened afterwards, he could probably be eligible for death penalty. So, of course, he's not going to be like, yeah, you know, I told him everything I knew. I told him how to do everything. But let's just say that, uh, let's just do Brian Kohlberger, BTK, which is like, I said, that's like one of the worst, like, maybe that's the only one that answered him. That's just a weird one to go out to, like, Gary Ridgeway's still around, Ramirez is dead now, Bundy's been dead, Bundy's been executed, Gates been executed, Dump was killed. Um, was Dennis? No, it's, it's like overseas. I was gonna say Dennis Nelson's still alive, but that's like over overseas. Um, are there any ones that are still around? Maybe Robert Robert Pickens, Canada. Huh. I don't think. Uh, the 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 uh, Golden State Killer. But then he recently just got caught now. So he might just be still trying to deny it for like appeal purposes and shit like that. So he's not going to say he did anything. Um, I don't think there's too many of them out there now. Like from back in that era that are still kicking around. There might be some. I mean, I think Gary Ridgway would be kicking around somewhere. Joel Rifkin goes back and forth between... Um, he did it and he didn't do it, so he's unreliable. Manson's dead. Uh, Manson was more like a cult. Not really cult guy, really. I mean, just fucking bunch of fucking druggies and shit. You can him doing any, fucking anything you want. You want more drugs? Go out and kill for me. I'll give you drugs. Boom. You can convince two crackheads to kill for you for two Ziploc bags of crack, full of crack. See this two cellar bags full of crap? They be drooling. Give me that crap. Give me that crap. Alright, you want to want, want crap? Fucking kill those people over there for me. You know, do it. So I don't really, in terms of like cult leaders and things like that, I don't really count Charles Manson in that because I feel like everyone was doped up. And when you're doped up, you're open to suggestions. Even if it's stuff you wouldn't normally do. Uh, quick side note, I want to give a, uh, disrespectful plug usually people say here's a plug of something I like here's a disrespectful plug audible.com so you're telling me I pay for a subscription to audiobooks but then I still have to buy the audiobooks within that subscription it's like if you paid for it's like when uh, Disney was doing the whole um, when they released a new movie in theaters it'd be on Disney Plus if you want to pay 20 bucks for it or something like that imagine you're paying for a Netflix subscription, right? But if you want to see this new series that came out, you got to pay for it right off the break. Not not including the subscription fee. You got to pay for it for however much it costs. And you'd have to keep doing that for several other series. Not just that one series, for whatever reason they're doing that for. But several other series. Why would the fuck would I do Audible.com? You pay for subscription to audiobooks. And then you still have to buy the audiobooks within that subscription. There should be a free, you do a subscription to the audiobook, and it should be a free library. I'm sure they probably do have a free library of that shit, but why would I pay for more books in that library? 
because you're not smart. You don't want to learn. That's what's wrong with you. You're just ignorant. All right, whatever. Was Idaho killer suspect in touch with BTK serial killer? Was the suspect in the slayings of the four college roommates in contact with the infamous BTK serial killer? A surprising possible link between them is coming to light today. Well, it could be an intriguing connection here. Brian Koberger has a master's in criminology from uh-huh. DeSales University in Pennsylvania okay. and studied under a well-known forensic psychologist and serial killer expert, Dr. Catherine. And you know what the fucked up thing is? She's getting dirt on that. But then a lot of people are probably like, yeah, I really appreciated her class. I liked it a lot. I learned a lot from my field. She was very good. Uh, 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 what's her name? What could be an intriguing connection here? Brian Koberger has a master's in criminology from DeSales University in Pennsylvania and studied under a well-known forensic psychologist and serial killer expert, Dr. Catherine Ramsland. Dr. Catherine Ramsland. You know, imagine that's probably like maybe, maybe, maybe that was like a heart. You know, like some colleges have like the popular classes and stuff like that. I think I had maybe one or two of those when I was in college. They're like were hard to get into because they were so popular. There's like a wait list for them, literally. <laughs> Imagine just wanting, because you're studying in that field and you want to learn from this person. It'd be like if John Douglas from Mindhunter was doing a class somewhere and I wanted to stop and take the class just to take the class because it's John Douglas. He's got a lot of shit to say. John Douglas, for the a criminal profiler guy interviewed a bunch of serial killers and, and made the thing of how he knows serial killers act and things like that. He kind of did the blueprint architect of that type of thing. I mean, it's changed obviously over the years, but he made this sort of blueprint for it. That's how things go. For those who don't know, John Douglas. Uh, and My Hunter is a series on Netflix. So watch that, watch, you know, whatever. And then she's getting pulled into this shit now. And it's like, what? Now she can't teach her class no more because of this fucking guy? That's fucked up. I'm not saying that she can't, but I'm saying if that happened because of this guy, that'd be fucked up. Was the suspect in the slayings of the four college roommates so... in contact with the infamous BTK serial killer? A surprising possible link between them is coming to light today. Every time they show the Brian Colbert dude, he's like, got just the same... The same calm face. Just like, I'm here, he's looking around, I'm here. Like, he doesn't seem like if he didn't do it, he should be. Sp- I didn't do this shit. They fucking got the wrong guy. Please, somebody help me. Please, I didn't do it. Even if I'm fucking cuffed, I'd be yelling, I didn't do it all the way down. But I feel like he did it. He's just so calm and collective about everything. Could be an intriguing connection here. Brian Koberger has a master's in criminology from DeSales University in uh-huh. Pennsylvania and studied under a well-known forensic psychologist and serial killer expert, Dr. Catherine Ramsland. Dr. Ramsland collaborated on a book with a notorious bind, torture, kill murderer. It- Dennis Rader, BTK, Dennis Rader. It's called Confession of a Serial Killer. BTK terrorized Wichita, Kansas over three decades with a string of 10 random slayings. He sent taunting letters to cops describing his murder spree. Mm -hmm. The killings went unsolved until 2005 when a local dog catcher named Dennis Rader was finally arrested. (sighs) Do you know how how, how BTK got got, uh, caught? Just... 
boiling it down to what I heard on the last podcast on the left. I always like to shout them out whenever I can. Because I do like I do like re-listening to those episodes because they're funny as shit. There was hidden jokes in there before and everything I didn't catch. Um, apparently, he was wrote a thing on a floppy disk. You know, back in the days of computers, you floppy disk. Wrote a thing on a floppy disk to the police and sent it to them. Unlike what he was doing before, he was doing like the... I don't know if he was cutting letters out or typing them or whatever the case may be. But because he used the computer floppy disk, they were able to go back and trace what had been erased on that floppy disk. And they were able to go in and be like, lower, trace it back down, 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 down. Like, oh, it's this guy. Last modified by D Raider type of thing. Like when you click on a file and it has like all the... Not when you open it, but when you click on the file, it has like the little stuff next to it type of thing. This is Dr. Ramsland in a documentary last year talking about her collaboration with the killer. I've been corresponding with Dennis Rader for over 10 years to try to understand what led him to become one of the most notorious serial killers. And that's that thing too. It's not... Okay, so... Oh, Jesus Christ. How am I going to put this? Because... What I'm gonna say sounds so fucked up. These people nowadays that do these crimes, they wanna be infamous and they wanna live in in glory and you know be you know be like, oh my goodness, you believe so and so did that? That's crazy. Why do you do that? So many mysteries, odds, ends, and things like that. They wanna be like that type of thing. But the problem is, is that they get caught right after the first crime. So. Like, they don't realize, like, to be a good, to be a person worthy of, like, documents, documentaries, is that the word, documentaries, documents, in order to be the person that they want to make, like, documentaries on, I feel like that's still the wrong word, I'm using, whatever, in order to be the person that they want to, do shows on, possibly do movies on, do biopics on, things like that. You gotta be someone who hasn't been caught for a while, who's been in the shadows, slinking in the night, like, give you mystery. You can't be some fucking jerk off that did one crime one time and got caught. Like, who fucking gives a shit? You got caught the first time out. It's in America. That's the uh, $64,000 question. Why did I do that? It's known that Koberger is fascinated by the criminal mind. He actually solicited information for a research study from former criminals, asking questions such as, why did you choose that victim? And after committing the crime, what were you thinking and feeling? We spoke to Dennis Rader's daughter and asked whether she- Oh, wow. Okay, she, uh, I thought they all changed their name and fucking disappeared into the ether. Oh, wow. They were able to find his daughter. That was one thing. Like once that fa- once that family, once he got arrested, I think they moved, and the house was demolished, and all types of shit. And I thought they had changed their names and something like that. But she's coming out saying I'm BTK's daughter. That's 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 her business. She wants to do that. I can't say that's a good idea or not, but that's her business. That's her lifestyle. If she wants to, uh, growing up with the BTK killer, 
I'm the daughter. Write a book about it. Probably already did write a book about it. You know, daddy was a killer. I didn't know it or something like that, you know. She knew of any communication between her father and Brian Koberger. I wouldn't be surprised if Koberger did have contact Perry with my father Ranson. through letter writing. Perry. Koberger and my dad were the spoke to Dennis Rader's daughter and asked whether she knew of any communication between her father and Brian Koberger. I wouldn't be surprised if Koberger did Perry have contact Rawson. Obviously she changed her name. Oh, I don't know if she's married or not. So that might be her married name, but she didn't. She, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really, I don't really, that type of thing. You can't tell someone how to feel when they're like, you know, your fucking father was a fucking serial killer. You find out about it. Like, what do you do? I don't think it's kind of, kind of, uh, not a good look to write a book about, you know. Daddy was a killer while I was in preschool or some shit like that. Like, you know. While he was teaching me my ABCs, little did I know he was teaching everyone BTK. Something like that, you know, something similar like that. Just like those fucking mafia wives on that TV show. Didn't watch it, so I don't know how they're all related to anybody in the mafia. But I'm pretty sure that fucking the people that were involved would have been like, you better get off that fucking camera right now. I will kill you and everybody in the fucking camera crew. You don't fucking turn off that camera, and like you don't think you're you do you, you think your parent you didn't think they would have wanted that. Probably not. I mean, but then again, is it going against what they wanted because you don't like them? That's a thing too. So I don't know. Brian Kohlberger, yeah. Anyway, we're probably not gonna know. Uh, let's see if this is true. Well, at this hour, an investigator claims a suspect in the murders of four Idaho college Hold students. On. Good day, Idaho. Who is this spicy, spicy piece of spicy piece of uh, good? Not good day, Idaho. Good, good day, Orlando. I'm sorry. Good day, Orlando. Donnell Cox is looking too fucking spicy for 5 a.m. in the morning. Lady, you gotta tone that down, bro. That is like afternoon where you're wearing right there, girl. You were just being too sexy for the fucking waking up in the morning news. Like, you, you, you gotta look good. You're just too. Then your cocks. You gotta chill that out. 5 a.m. in the morning. Come on now. I'm, I'm just waking up. I gotta go to work. I'm gonna go to work with a fucking boner because of you. Being all hot and bothered because of you. That's your problem. Let her do what she wanna do. Uh, you're right. You're right. She wants to be on there like that. She is just, oh my goodness. She is just fucking, just off the break. Just, I didn't even fucking have to see too much of her when she was talking. She, whoo. Well, at this hour and investor. Daniel Cox, Good Day Orlando. Oh my goodness. Good for you, girl. Investigator claims a suspect in the murders of four Idaho college students sent messages to one of the victims over Instagram beforehand. That's according to People Magazine. It reports that Brian Koberger sent messages back in October, then sent more when the victim did not reply. The four died in mid-November. Koberger is being held without bail. His uh, hearing is scheduled the next one for June 26th. Well, this, at this hour... If this is true, 
Isn't that what I said? That he may have saw her on social media or something like that. It was sending her messages. It was upset she didn't reply. I feel like I said that already. That might have been... In his mind, that might have been a reason to do what he did. But it seems like, really, based on everything that's going on there, like, proximity-wise, everything like that, he talked for really, really... That's not the the Brian Colbert thing we're gonna get because, like I said, they're still they're still an investigating thing. They don't know what's going on, but uh, I got some good news here. We go we go we, we can stop that solemn news. But Sir, let's talk about fucking Andrew Tate here. Now, what I didn't know what he was doing was allegedly, apparently, from what I've heard, he had these girls doing like webcam shit right and they be on the webcam you know you know like if you've been on any porn site you know the webcam i'm talking about go to this webcam right now have a have a live girl with you doing whatever you want to do and you go to that cam and she'd be there so apparently she would be in the in the camera and then andrew tate would be the one typing to you <laughs> Ugh. This thing about that is like, ugh, I feel fucking dirty about that. Like, ugh, I got shameful shit in my life, but that is fucking ridiculous. Ugh. This has nothing to do with Andrew Tate, but I just wanted to uh, see what this guy said about this particular subject matter. What is this? Oh, Anthony Mackey and and Jeremy, the Hurt Locker. Jeremy Renner. Oh, so they were in something before Marvel. Hi, this is Bruce Rivers. Welcome to another fun-filled episode of Bruce Girl Rivers. Bruce Rivers. What type of lawyer you want, man? I feel like he has your best interest in mind. Stop self-stitching. He's responsible for all this content. I just work here, man. Today we're going to talk a little bit about rap lyrics being used in criminal trials. Rappers are feeling targeted. But before we get to that, guess what? This episode is brought to you by eType.com. We're the RICO case and a homicide that's embedded within that. One Let's of the things that. I don't want that people are complaining a shout about out to is product. that they think it's a violation of your First Amendment rights okay, yep. to include rap lyrics in, in... So rap lyrics in, in rap lyrics used during trial. I feel like if you're fucking rapping about your shit and it sounds very familiar to the stuff you're accused of, then that should be allowed to play. Otherwise, you know, it just has no bearing on it. If you're if you're always worried about, no, hey, getting money, fuck the up, shoot up in the face. This guy was up, and he shot him in the face. Clearly, as you can see in his trap. Songs, and it really has a chilling effect on creatives. They're also saying that it is a an unfair targeting of African Americans. And that it, there really is a double standard when it comes to other artists. Let's talk about the double standard for a second. If Willie Nelson... Double standard is that other other musicians don't generally do that. Other musicians don't rap about killing their ops and things like that. Willie Nelson can write a song about a woman that he doesn't like. And he just calls her Whiskey River. Which is one of my favorite songs, by the way. And it's just Whiskey River, take my mind. Don't make, don't let her memories torture me. That's a very beautiful song. 
when you think about it. It's a sad song, but it's a beautiful song at the same time. I like the song. Don't fucking hate me on that. But when you're rapping about, like, killer ops, flossing money, fucking bitches, things like that, it's no comparison to that between what Bill Wilson says and then what you do. For example, saying about killing Johnny Cash, and you can match that up to him killing Johnny Cash. Well, you know what? Those lyrics would be used in court. Right. It's called self-snitching. But I agree, and in fact, I've successfully defended on my last homicide that I tried, I successfully defended keeping rap lyrics out of court. And the reason why, this this was a case where my client had created a rap video, and it was kind of a drill-type video. And when he did this video... How about you tell the motherfucker, don't fucking create shit like that? Bruh, if you're going to be out here committing crimes like that, don't go on camera, don't go on record saying, just as a lawyer, even, he already did, he already did the crime. He already did the crime. I'm just saying, as a lawyer, don't make videos or songs about this. It's too specific and it's too related closely to you. You can do a what if scenario, a hypothetical type shit, but you gotta make it very clear that it's not you. He's talking about, you know, how he would respond to guns on the street. Well, what is that? What kind of evidence is that? That's bad character evidence. It's called 404. You cannot offer bad character evidence of the accused in a criminal trial first. So to the extent... Alright, basically what he's saying, as I already noticed too, you can't bring in bad prior acts into a trial unless the defendant or someone else brings it up in trial and then you can bring it up. If the defendant says, oh, but I've always I've always been a good person my whole life, but then you have records of them fucking domestic violence, beating their wives, beating their kids and things like that. Does it sound like a good person to you that's doing that? That doesn't sound like a good person to me. You can bring that in. that it is bad character evidence, you can't do it. And that's how I was successful in keeping that Even up. Even if the, the, those things don't have anything to do with their, with their currently being tried for. If, if like I said, like, if they say like, man, I've been a good person all my life. And you bring receipts and say, no, you weren't. And here's why. They can't ignore that in trial. They'd be like, oh, well, we just want to skip over that. Generally speaking, you can have character evidence of anybody or of a particular pertinent trait of the defendant, you know, as offered by the defense. The only time you cuts. can offer evidence so many cuts of character of the accused when you're a prosecutor is to rebut, rebut. any kind of positive. So if I, if I say uh, Mr. Williams is a good family man, he's a good this kind of guy, you know, you put all that stuff out there then the prosecutor can use bad character evidence, you know? And that's kind of what this, these, these rap songs are. However, there's another rule that kind of takes the place of the rule I just told you about. So when you look at well, the rules of evidence skipping parts. are the filter through which, you know, things come into court, right? And so when you have a statement of a party opponent, you got the state... 
Uh, all right. Let's explain what's going on here. An opposing party statement. The statement is offered against the, an opposing party and A was made by a party or an individual or representative capacity. B is one the party manifested that adopted or believed to be true. C was made by a person from the party authorized to make the statement or on the subject. D was made by a party agent or employee on the matter within the scope of the relationship and while it existed. Or E was made by a party conspirator during the furtherance of the conspiracy. Yeah, Mr. Williams. So Mr. Williams is the party opponent. So if the state has a statement of the party opponent, they can use that against him if it's relevant, right, relevant. and material. Right. So it's got to, it has to have some relationship. Can't just be that you can use any statement from anybody at any time. However, it's liberally applied. So if if Mr. Williams had said, "I I rented that car. You know where you are." Blah blah blah, and he had some rap song about the specifics of that car. You know what? I think the Sue Bruce wrote. You must be getting rich off of motherfuckers, because. Motherfuckers are stupid enough to keep doing the same shit to keep doing business. That's the problem too with, with, with our with our I hate to say this. With our crimes shit, it's not as organized as the Italian families had it. Because they kinda sorta kept that to themselves about how they did it. I mean we sort of kinda see how they did it with like the Godfather, the Sopranos, but we really don't know how they did it. Cause you can try doing that roadmap with a crime family, and you're gonna run into some obstacles. But like, well, how did they handle this in the Godfather and Sopranos? Sopranos just whack them. The Godfather talks to them. I, I don't know what you want to do. You know, like it's it's a whole thing. The prosecutor in Fulton County is going to try to get that in. Now, there's been some legislation, uh, specifically in California. Stop that. Uh, I'm going to go back to a Breakfast Club interview with T.S. Madison, queer phobia in the industry. Uh, something, uh, basically that. And we're just going to play like a couple minutes of it. I'm going to talk talk over that, mind you. I just want to give respect to, I don't want to say the queen, but I feel like she's, she's done it. Even moved from adult filmmaker to be a, me- a media personality that's family friendly because she's been on family friendly entertainment and it's like oh really wow I don't think I've ever seen Jimmy Jameson on Sesame Street or Mia Khalifa but she's done it so salute to you the queen uh, probably we're already on the S- episode of Sesame Street I don't even realize it was on so this goes to you. What's up? Earth in the morning. The Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlamagne Tha Guy, Angela Yee, DJ. This is an old, old, old one. This is, uh, what year is this? November 2nd, 2021. Okay, so, yeah. It's been a minute. Um, made that clear. 
So anything I'm about to say is that it's past because and first of all, Angela isn't Angela Yee isn't on this show no more. And two, uh, Charlemagne has some stuff, his background that's pending that's been brought up that he hasn't talked about or said anything about, but I don't have enough information on it to call him out on. And then DJ Envy's just being light-skinned DJ Envy. Envy had to step out, but we got a special guest in the building. Uh, been very heavily requested to come on The Breakfast Club, and she is finally here. Miss mm-hmm. T.S. Madison, what's Good happening? Good morning. What, what it do, everybody out there that's watching, honey, and listening? This is uh, the T.S. Madison. I got to do it for the people that love me. Is it on? <laughs> is it on, honey? Is this bitch recording? <laughs> what's up, YouTube land, Twitter land, Instagram land, Snapchat, Grinder, Scruff, BGC, Jack, Facebook, Periscope, and last but not least, every single one of my bitches. Not a fan Christian, of Mingle, and the lands all across the land. This is your girl, T.S. Like, Madison. Uh, I'm coming to you loud, loud, and always and forever. Don't put a rolling ball on top of her head. Hey, Amen. how are you this morning? <laughs> well, I feel good. You know, I'm finally here, and I, and I actually got a chance to wrap my arms around you and hug your neck. You know, you short just like me at first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I already done work with my girl Angela Yee over there. That's Child. how we had a good conversation. We had a good conversation. We was talking about love, things that I don't really, you know, know. If anybody thinks this is part of the alphabet community agenda, it's not what I'm just trying to do is just trying to just a peek in case of people who live in that lifestyle a peek in observation of people who live in that lifestyle right just to know what they go through this isn't to put hate or shame on anybody or to promote some type of conspiracy theory about them it's just to show you that like hey we're all people we all live the same somewhat you know people who live completely outside it, realms of normal normality compared to us but if people just want to you know live love learn and laugh that's really all people want to do in life live learn and laugh they want to you know take that any way you want too much about because you, you don't know, know too much about love no, I don't really know a lot about love because I used to be a HO, but that that's that we'll get deeper in that conversation going down the line. I was love too. Well they always say your first, last, and best love is self-love. So you know something about self-love. Yeah, I love me. I love me. Yeah. I love all of me. And that's why, you know, my uh, personality is so big because I've I've gotten to really become in love with myself. And, you know, I, I try to tell people that there's nothing out there that they can say to me or mm-hmm. about me. You know that would make me not love myself or not uh, make me really understand exactly uh, who who I am. You know. That's important to know. It's very important to know. You can't have people out there saying things about you. And that's the thing too. Like with 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 the, with the some of the rappers who, who who hook up in undercover relationships with people, whether it be a transgender person or just a same sex person or whatever. They're embarrassed about it, so they want they don't want that being part of their career to try to bury it. No, that never happened. No, that it wasn't me. No, that was a mistake. No, that was a misunderstanding. Or something like that. But you gotta be yourself. You gotta be yourself, you gotta love yourself. 
Well, I've been able to watch her show on WeTV. Which one, the T.S. Masson Experience? Yes. Yadabo Shatai, yes, honey. And to see even your conversation with your family, mm -hmm. see you talking to your father. Mm. So talk to me about how that was to just reveal so much about your personal life. Uh, well, you know, to be honest with you, uh, I really, in, in taping that show, I really found out that I have. I feel like this is one of the few interviews where Angela Yee was very prepared for. Usually she just mimics the last thing the person said. With that being said, when you with your last album, you said something, something. But I feel like this is this is a good question she asked. Uh, a lot of trauma that that's uh, associated around my father. You know, mm -hmm. at one point. Welcome to the club. Yeah. You know, <laughs> at one point I didn't I didn't really want to think that I suffered from any type of trauma, because you know he he. You, you think growing up as a young queen, like, oh, well, my dad ain't here. I don't really need that. And then you you grow older, because I just turned 44 last week. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. This was 44. This was 21. So 44. 46. At least 46 by now. That's not that old now. Mind you. Uh... Yeah, she, I mean, she is Madison's right. Our relationship with our parents affect us in our everyday life. Whether you have them in your lives or you don't, it affects us in some way, true form. And I feel like because I didn't have my biological mother in my life, I'm always chasing women who are unobtainable to me, in a way. Even though I had my grandparents and I had a grandfather who was there, you know, you could say, step-grandfather that was there had a male and female role there growing up right in a traditional household I still I still knew I felt like something was lost I don't know when is it when it is they told me that that was the case but growing up I, I felt that loss like I mean obviously they couldn't pretend like yeah you're my baby <laughs> the people super duper weird if my grandma did that she'd be like yeah you're my if I grown up and she was like yeah you're my baby not you're my baby like oh you're my baby like I love you me you're my baby like as in I gave birth to you type of deal and expecting things to go right like cause after that that's like a whole that's creates a whole other Ted Bundy that's all I'm thinking of like that, 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 that literally creates a whole other Ted Bundy with that situation yeah, for those that's listening and watching, baby, they gave me the good, they gave me the good tequila. They say, Madison, we want you to that's be- That's that De Leon. Reposado. Reposado, <laughs> son, whatever it is. I know him because of That's too early to be. Hey, Diddy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I got a little Diddy in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Get a little Diddy in my mouth. So, that's you funny. know, it really made me, you know, understand that I, I, as a growing, I did need my dad. You know, and then looking at it back on television and watching him, you know, say stuff to me. And there was one part where he said, now don't, don't, don't jump on me. I said, nigga, I ain't gonna jump on you, but you. There's a real difference in between how T.S. Madison looks and how fake a lot of Instagram models are. Only difference is that people associate with T.S. Madison being a male prior. I don't know if, if, if she's had surgery or not, whatever. But really, that's all it really is. It's, 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 you know, she's got the same setup as any other girl would have that you look on the pages for, everything like that.
And like I said, like if that's what you're attracted to, and if, and, if, and if you're attracted to that person for those reasons, but then you find out that they aren't, I guess completely female. Like don't don't get upset about it, man, because you were attracted to them for other you know other things. Like that that could still play into effect of that in a way. You better watch your mouth, cause you know I don't play with you. You know. I really think that by me not having my dad in the house, it really, it really, it really toughened me because he, even he know I'll square up with his ass, you know? And so Ooh. it just really toughened me. Square and with then his, watching with it back, dad. I was like, maybe I do want to have a, at 40 something years old, I might really want to have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. And then the nigga asked me for money. I said, he man, sure did. <laughs> a few dollars, he going to pay it back. You going to buy me this car? No! <laughs> I still don't understand what was the turning point of her going from an adult film star to being a media personality. That's what I was looking for. What? You gonna buy me this truck? No! <laughs> no, I'm not buying you this! And, and that's the thing. A lot of dads leave their kids' lives and they, when they're doing well and they have money, you know, they start, you know. Love who you want to love as long as it's consensual. And it's legal. And unfortunately, when I say legal, I realize that there are some states out there where like 14 is a fucking age consent or some shit like that. Ugh, I don't mean that. I just felt like I should put a four area thing on your age if you're under 18. If you're under 18, it should be four years forward and four years back. They can get into, but not whatever. Um, Saucy Santana. Saucy Santana. I mean, I know, I kind of know who Saucy Santana is, but never do that. So, what are we gonna do? Uh. Let's see where this is going. Talk about what mistresses, what mistresses go wrong. Parmahinda Sangira of Manchester, England, allegedly murdered Sana Ali on May the 11th of 2007 after discovering she was not only married to her lover, but also pregnant with their first child. Not only married to the lover, but pregnant with her first child. After confronting the victim at her home, Sangira was believed to have stabbed Ali 43 times with a... Sangira stabbed. Six and a half inch kitchen knife. She was sentenced in 2007 to life in prison after being found guilty of murdering what seemed like an open and shut case. However, years after the verdict was handed down, she continued to claim her innocence, recruiting several high-profile supporters, including former UK chief prosecutor Nazir Afzal. The latter, who'd worked for the Crown Prosecution for 24 years, became convinced that Zangira couldn't have committed the murder for several reasons. Firstly, Zangira hadn't been tracked down by police officers, but rather contacted the authorities herself after hearing of Ali's death, openly telling detectives about her visit to the victim. Additionally, the clothes she'd worn on the day of the murder, which were identified by detectives, 
after reviewing a gas station security camera, had no traces of the victim's blood on them. The recording also showed her acting calmly, with no visible signs of having been involved in a struggle. Lastly, the victim's front door had been locked from the inside, and though the prosecution claimed Sangira had escaped through a narrow kitchen window, Afzal was able to refuse. Uh, they could have done it because the place was locked up tight. Like, if I didn't want to fucking get caught with murder, I wouldn't fucking find a way to get out of there. Oh, uh, you can barely squeeze out of this window here. Go for it. Come on now. This theory, as of December of 2022, however, no appeals had been accepted by the court and Sangira remained incarcerated. Number seven, Michelle Gazer. Between February and April of 2010, Michelle Gazer hired three hitmen to murder her lover's wife, three Stern, hitmen's husband, Jeffrey, wow. allegedly orchestrated the plan along with his mistress, although he charges against one. him were eventually dropped due to a lack of evidence. 39-year-old Gazer paid three men to murder 54-year-old Stern, with each attempt reportedly failing. The first hitman drove by the couple's house in Hudson, Texas and opened fire but didn't confirm whether the intended victim was home. The second attack was in March when Nuit Nuyen rang Stern's front door and fired inside as she approached. The bullet struck the floor, missing the woman entirely. Wow. Stern subsequently decided to move to an apartment with her two children while her husband secured their house. In May, Damien Flores successfully shot Stern in the stomach as she sat in her car. She played dead. It took you three times to fucking try to kill somebody. You think you might be bad at that at that point? After the first time. Okay, you may think like, okay, first time. So, didn't know what's gonna happen. Whatever, whatever. You get to the third time, it's like, okay, this is us. Here. That's that's a foul right there. Until the gunman left the scene, at which point she managed to get help by driving to a nearby gas station. Although the victim's husband admitted to having an affair with Gazer, he denied any involvement in the attempts against his wife's life. Gazer agreed to cooperate with the police, providing information about the murder plots, as well as the three hitmen. In exchange for her cooperation, she was offered a plea deal and sentenced to 20 years behind bars. Stern stood by her husband's side, refusing to believe he had any involvement in the crimes, stating during an interview that he was brilliant and that if he'd planned her murder, he wouldn't have failed. She was disappointed by the prosecution's deal with Gazer, which she called laughable really? in a surprise twist of events. Gazer filed a lawsuit against her former lover and purported accomplice, claiming he'd used grooming and emotional manipulation to convince her to orchestrate the attempted murders of for hire. Of Number six. Of course. Therese Zyman. Now that music looks so good, now she wants to fucking play a victim. Oh, I was, I was, I was seduced into doing it. Uh, whatever. She is that's awful. That's fucking awful. Wisconsin woman Therese Simon of Menasha conspired with her sister, Wendy Soul, her lover's wife, Tracy Hood Davis, and a fellow mistress, Michelle Beliveau, to punish her boyfriend, Donessa Davis. 
On July the 30th of 2009, 48-year-old Simon was directly contacted by Hood Davis after she discovered that her husband had been engaging in several extramarital affairs. Simon led then 37-year-old Davis to a motel room where she blindfolded and restrained him before texting the other three women. Although the perpetrators claimed they'd only planned to confront the victim about his infidelity, they ended up gluing his genitals to his stomach. Davis suffered no permanent physical damage but was belittled and verbally abused by all four women during the trial. The conspirators apologized for their actions, with Zyman stating that she hadn't meant to harm Davis and that her actions had been a stupid spur-of-the-moment decision. All four women were sentenced to one-year probation as well as community service on February the 2nd of 2010. So today we're going to talk about sisters doing it for themselves. We're going to talk about some women who were out to get what they wanted, when they wanted, and how they wanted it, and they didn't care who was in the way. That's right. Crumbling that patriarchy, breaking that glass ceiling. These are women who scam for fun. Brought to you by Polito's Way on YouTube. This is what happens when female psychopaths start scamming. Let's get right into it. Number four, city girls behind city bars. Before city girls, singer G. JT. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do my one doing time for scams. Then the other one went off to like be in a relationship with Diddy. And now they're, they're broken up. I, I, I really don't give a shit. To be honest with you. I got so much stuff I want to say about Diddy, but I don't want to get sued. And he's so high up, he can fucking bury any type of evidence and shit. Not like I got a whole. I got, I got receipts, Diddy. I got them right here. And if you want these receipts, it's gonna cost you two hundred and fifty thousand cash. See me? No, I don't got any receipts or anything, Diddy. Did I just think his business practices are shady as fuck, and he's preaching all this unity and brotherhood one minute, and it seems like allegedly, allegedly, a lot of his artists have said that he's taken crazy amounts of money from him from them and then of course they'll be like well it's business you gotta understand in business that this deal was for this and that you gotta pay for that and this and this and that it, it, Sugar Knight did the same exact thing everyone called him a monster I, well I guess because Sugar Knight Sugar Knight was a little bit more physical with his management than Diddy was but they both did the same exact shit he was known as Jatavia Johnson a Miami girl who came from nothing city girl hailing from a bad neighborhood JT was among the youngest of 16 brothers and sisters. God damn. Somebody better stop fucking out. What? At what point in that timeline of having all these goddamn kids do you say, oh shit, maybe we need to slow down? Or, god damn, 16 kids? Was it just she was the youngest of 16? A Miami girl who came from nothing. Hailing from a bad neighborhood, JT was among the youngest of 16. Among the youngest of 16. So she probably wasn't even the youngest. God damn. 16 kids. And I bet money. Brothers and sisters. After she reached seventh grade, JT was put out on her own. Sometimes staying with an aunt. That skipped the whole thing there. Why? When she reached seventh grade, why, why, why was she kicked out of the house? And other times crashing at friends' houses. 
JT had various day jobs from Whole Foods to Burger King, always working, but still struggling to make ends meet. Getting fed up with the life she had, JT used a handful of stolen credit card numbers to buy clothes and various gift cards she felt she deserved. Didn't use the money to buy groceries, to better herself, to move to a new place or anything like that. You know, I, I would I would feel a lot more, um, not like a crazy ass, like stealing money and buying like a crazy ass mansion somewhere. I would feel a lot more sympathy for someone if they did something like that and used the money to buy groceries, to pay rent, and just have money set aside, but was still going to work every day. And it wasn't like on social media balling, oh, we're going to Turks and Caicos this weekend, get your money up, don't be hating. But stealing people's credit card and shit is absolutely wrong. It's a horrible thing to do. But I have more sympathy if you did it because you had a child you had to feed. And you bought baby formula, pampers, clothes for the baby, clothes for your... Decent clothes for you. I'm not talking about like Balenciaga, Gucci and all that shit. I'm talking about just regular schmegler clothes to get through the day. JT showed off this time of her life in photos she posted on her social media. Mm-hmm. Gifts for her niece. A digital camera for a vacation. Makeup artist for a night out. With of course. The girls. Yep, of course. She was eventually arrested in June of 2017 at a Nordstrom after buying a pair of shoes. I think she was already famous at that time for being in City Girls. Shortly after her arrest, JT and the other half of City Girls, Young Miami, were discovered by hip hop label Quality Control. And by Christmas, City Girls had released their first official single, a song we're not gonna repeat. Uh, I think it's called "Fuck That N-Word," because I'm not trying to not trying to say it unless it's necessary to the story that we're telling. The name of the song is called "Fuck That Nigga," but I only know him for that other song where they did with Cardi B, were on a boat and they're twerking. It was a video, right? That Cardi B's like in a leopard. Print. Cardi B has sometimes when she looks very attractive, then I remember how she talks and who she is. It's like, oh, I can't deal with that. I could not deal with that for, for five minutes, dude. I really don't care. I I can't can't deal with that. Everyone's talking oh. This is off the subject as it always is with me. So everyone was like, remember the time Cardi B sued that blogger or whatever and I was like oh you can sue somebody sue sued her for defamation or something or whatever or libel or whatever the case may be that's because that blogger or podcast or whoever it was bought on somebody who claimed to know Cardi B that was spreading false information about her with no proof to back it up I just thought she sued somebody who wrote who said or wrote something unfavorable about her and she just was like couldn't let it go but yeah if you're bringing on someone on your show which is why, if you want to come on the show, you better bring some goddamn receipts that are provable and, 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 and that are uh, tight, that cannot be fucking docked, do, uh, falsified, that are that are you know 100%, you know, on your side. Don't be bringing me in here. Don't be reading text messages and saying, oh yeah, this text message is from this person right here. Oh, I know that this person. That's that person. You know, like, you showing me these text messages with their name to that number. That could be anybody. No, I don't fucking believe that. You can change anybody's name and the contact number to be somebody's number. 
I can change my boss's name to say Jay Z, and then every time he calls, I'm like, you see Jay Z be calling me, right? sure this song isn't going to challenge Mariah Carey for a most played song at Christmas anytime soon. Yeah, no, not at all. Also released around the same time was Where the Bag At, a song about demanding money where JT repeats deeply poetic lines describing that she needs someone, quote, who gonna swipe them visas? Ugh. Oh, this hurts so much. My brain. But this hurts so much. This, just it's just it's it's it's, it's not even the bad behavior because people do fucked up shit all the time, right? It's the arrogance of doing something bad and thinking it's all right to do because of your situation. It's all right for me to steal because I kicked out of my house in seventh grade for whatever reason. I don't know why. I kind of want to look her up now to see. Let's just do that because this guy is kind of not really. He's not really tickling my fancy, as they would say. And in the UK, tickling my fancy is, is a whole other meaning. Uh, JT, rapper JT, okay. Uh, 30 years old, born December 3rd, 1992, from Liberty City, Florida. Oh, this is Liberty City, Florida. I knew Liberty City was in Florida. Uh, let's go to, is there Wikipedia on her? City Girls, yeah. City Girls, Hip Hop Duel of Young Miami, 1994, and JT, who was 1992, so one is two years older than the other one, but that's, 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 they're in the same age bracket though, so it doesn't really matter, JT grew up in Curl City, and Liberty City, while Young Miami grew up in Apalaka, the fuck is that? Oh, that's a weird ass. JC, my mother was an addict. JC's mother was an addict, and their drugs were in her childhood. At 17, they were performing at strip clubs, nightclubs, and block parties. At 17, performing at his, I guess rapping is fine. I'm, I'm thinking they were like at the strip club performing, like, well, you listen to their music, you see their videos. That's probably what they were doing too, as well. Just what clothes on, uh, so Miami, y'all Miami, uh, yep, name of the song is called Fuck That Nigga, Fuck That with a D-A-T, if you want to look it up, uh, uh, these, 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 these bros been around for a minute, Jesus Christ, when they say they formed, they originated in Florida, gained attention, for their appearance on Drake's single In My Feelings. Uh, 2017, they, they got popping. But it says they've been doing making music. I don't know. Doesn't really say anything about her childhood on her Wikipedia. Or the, of the Duel's Wikipedia page. There's a link for Young Miami, but not JT. So I don't, I don't know. Whatever. Rap duel. Well, hey, she was living a hard life and she wanted to get that money, so. This likely didn't help the case. JT pled guilty to aggravated identity theft. I was sentenced to 20 Aggravated identity theft. 
which hurts other people. It's not a victimless crime. Upcoming City Girl shows leading up to a major appearance at the BET Awards in June of that year. So the judge agreed to push back JT's surrender. Boo. Walk that bitch up. Fucking ruining people's lives and shit. Imagine you work hard to keep your shit. Imagine digging yourself out of debt, right? Getting your credit score up. And doing what you're supposed to be doing. Like, I finally got my shit right where I want. I want to buy a house one day. Or something, right? Where they're going to have to look at your credit score or whatever. And this bitch steals your fucking identity. Take a fucking bus ride down the floor just to strangle her with a fucking garage. I would be angry, is what I'm saying. And and if... Because... If she stole your identity, then other people probably have it as well. But let's just say we knew for a fact that she stole your identity. And she was running up your your, your name and your card and, and, and buying all these type of crazy shit. I would want to take a bus down to Florida. I say a bus for reasons. <laughs> and I would want to find her and I would want to strangle with my bare hands. Watch your face turn red. Then, a week before she was set to go in, JT's lawyer requested another delay on account of a recent co-sign with Canada's favorite son, Drake, leading uh, into the fact that JT was a rising superstar in the hip-hop industry. She lock her up even more for that shit. How <laughs> these judges, man? This is, this, is the, this is the bullshit about the justice system sometimes. It's, that's somebody out who does not give a fuck at all and is willing to commit more crimes in the process of it and then go on record to brag about committing said crimes. Bitch, unless you turn into the gospel, I'm about to give you 38, 38 years out this motherfucker. <laughs> extension wasn't fully granted, but JT was permitted to perform at the award show and finish her verse for Drake. After completing her commitments, JT honored her sentence and showed up to serve her. Oh, so she showed JT up? JT began her term in July 2018 and was set to be released. Jesus Christ. You know, you see those videos of, like, women doing their makeup and stuff like that. And there's no other way I can say this. I'm sorry to to, to, to be so superficial about how people look. But a lot of these videos are about women who are considered below attractive. Right? Subpar. Um, or what have you. Uh... From what she looked like in the videos, and then the picture they showed of her mugshot, she ugh, ugh. Ugh, bitch, you better sick to scamming. <laughs> I don't want to see you. But then they get all done up and shit. And they do all these fantastical tricks with the makeup. Like she, she hired someone to do her makeup for the girls' night out. I understand going to the beauty salon if you expect to go out that night. You got a little bit of money on you. Well, she got everybody's money on her apparently. To get your hair done and all that stuff like that, but these YouTube videos of these women doing the doing the beauty transformations is crazy. You'd have a girl looking like a busted ass crackhead, bald hair, scallywag, ain't got no hair in back, buck teeth, all looking all types of like, ugh. And then she does the whole thing like they got a song that they hit the camera three times, and then when they hit the camera the third time, transform into this fucking luxurious looking goddess. That's like, oh, they out here fucking scamming with looks. That's how they do you, bruh. That's exactly how they get you. Imagine at night hooking up with the girl of your dreams. It'd be uh, Rihanna. Beyonce is considered very well attractive. Jennifer Lopez. 
just any of the top, Selma Hayek, uh, what's the one from Modern Family with the strong accent? I forget her name, God damn it, I, I knew it too. Something, uh, imagine her like like hooking up with a chick that looks something like that, like, oh my God, this girl, maybe you should look more than people's looks. When I go out to a club, I'm not looking for the bitch that's reading a, bar, reading a book at the bar, all right? Looking for the joint with the fat ass that's dripping out the back of the skirt with the big t- with the medium-sized body and decent looking face. All right, so go to the club, meet her. Usually you meet these joints at clubs or whatever, or events. You meet your Beyonce, Rihanna-type broad, looking good at night, take her back to the crib, get into something. Wake up in the morning, the bitch is like Fiona from fucking Shrek. <laughs> All types of stuff. Damn, bitch, you were skinny when I met you last night. How the hell you gained 100 pounds overnight? Because <laughs> she had one of those things on. He's done March 1st, 2020. In the meantime, City Girls continue to release singles and tracks with the other half of the group. Young Miami doing everything she could to promote their music. In an attempt to get an early release, JT argued her good behavior for... And then they showed a picture of her all glammed up. ...leaving about eight and a half months of her sentence remaining. While the request was denied, JT was transferred to a half... all glammed up. ...months before her scheduled release, allowing her to continue her career. Since her incarceration and release, JT has amassed a net worth of one and a half million dollars that net worth mostly comes from the group's high appearance fees they charge forty thousand dollars for tv appearances mm. fifteen thousand dollars for nightclub appearances mm. looks like she found a new way damn i wish i could fucking bro to charge appearance fees and and all that stuff just to charge whatever you want to charge and people are willing to pay that and for those two bras nobody fucking like they were literally hot for i mean you got to ride the wave <clears throat> Excuse me, you gotta ride the wave while you're hot and cash in while you can't like ice spice right now. Ridiculous. Um, she's young right now, so she might have a little extra more, but people don't get tired of that, of her doing that shit. Cause all she does is like twerk during I mean twerk during her song. How you gonna have a sad song and be twerking in the video? A sad song about a guy cheating on you and you twerking in the back of a bodega. How could you cheat on me? We from the Bronx, so I knew what was going on. <sighs> That's going to get old real quick. After, after people realize you got nothing other than that, you know, going on. Hopefully, you know, usually, you know, usually some people make a career out of it and they're able to do it. But a lot of times people realize, like, oh, she got nothing else going on. Her music is subpar. Her music, I keep saying subpar. Sorry, I don't know why. Her music is, like, mediocre at best. And her, you know, like she looks like any curly, curly fro, light skinned girl from the Bronx that looks like she could be of Dominican or Puerto Rican. You know, to me, she looks like a Puerto Rican princess. If Puerto Rican princess had an ass, I would smash. That's just me. Anyway. So, but uh, it is, it's, it's as young as, not young, man, is, J, is the, the JT chick, has she been ordered to pay restitution? Probably not. need to rip people off. Number three, her mantra was to steal. Amanda Knorr, 35, 
was one of three people charged over a green energy scheme that mm. defrauded over 300 investors. Nor and her college boy. Uh, okay, we're going to get into these scams here. Probably had a company. Let me guess, because I don't, I don't even know this, but I'm going to guess it's, it's, it's the same old routine. Had a company, had investors, used the money coming in to pay old investors to get more money. So they can get new investors and then use new investors' money to pay old investors. Hence, you know, it's like a whole cycle thing going on. And then use the money that was supposed to be for the company for personal expenses and shit. Fred Troy Rag founded Montracor. Nora's company, Mantra, focused on green community development, socially responsible investing, distressed real estate fund management, mortgage banking, renewable energy, music and entertainment, and philanthropy. So pretty much... Everything. Everything. Received more than fifty-four million dollars from hundred. Fifty-four million dollars. Can't tell me they weren't fucking around with that shit. Of investors within four years, based on promises of technology that would turn trash into fuel and carbon-negative housing developments, neither of which were ever fully developed. Montracor is known as the largest green energy scam the U.S. has ever seen. Of course. Many victims lost their entire life savings. Mantra was a Ponzi scheme in which new investor money was used to pay earnings to prior investors, often without any actual product being sold. Called Mantra's it. pitch was centered primarily around a venture to produce biochar. But that's usually how all this shit goes. And there's nothing wrong with investing in the company because everyone wants to be on the ground floor of technology. Who knew Apple would be what it was today? When I grew up in the 90s and early 2000s, up until when they maybe did the first iPod, the first generation iPod, Apple was a joke. It was like, what is that, an Apple? Ah, because it was a piece of shit. But who, no one, who knew that Apple would turn it around? And, and now they're, look at where they are today. So everyone wants to, you know, be in on the next wave thing that's going to make money. And it's, it's understandable. But I guess you got to do your research. You got to do your research in your own time. Ask questions. If something doesn't feel right or seem right, don't do it. And don't be like, oh, well, you, you know, your neighbor, Bill, invested 15 grand with us just about a month ago. And today he has 100000 in his account right now. Bill, is that true? I ain't, you know, I wants to pay him bill to say yeah or something. But even then, it's still sketchy. Like, just do your, you got to do your own due diligence and research with these type of things. I always look at, like, stocks and crypto, like gambling. Whatever you put in is what you put in. Whatever happens, happens. You know, you can't go to a casino, put your life savings on blackjack, lose it a hand, and turn around and try to sue the casino. I look at stocks and shit like that, just like gambling. That's it happens. And you invested in a fraudulent company. It happens, unfortunately. You need to have more regulations with these companies, though, because it, it seems like they're free to they able to run wild on what they do too. Like there's nobody. I mean, they sure they have somebody cooking the books, so it all looks good on the end. But people don't find out till it's too late. But there wasn't any due diligence in the in in the meantime. Mind you, like, I guess if you don't get any complaints up until, you know, I don't know how many complaints you can get before whatever. And a 
green real estate development in Tennessee. Biochar is a charcoal-like substance made by burning organic material in a process called pyrolysis. Biochar was supposed to take waste like used tires and household garbage and convert it into an energy source and a fertilizer. By spreading this stuff all over your field, it could pull toxins out of the atmosphere. How? And rag were both How? That doesn't seem right. Sounds good in theory that you're going to burn trash to create fuel. Okay, sounds good. We have a lot of trash. There's a lot of trash in the world. But how? How does this work exactly? What's the scientific proof behind it? And they can tell you. They can tell me fucking anything. We'll see. When the Jimmy Neutron converts to the Calvins and the SpongeBob SquarePants is really up on the first moon of Equinox, then the X-Men will come down, bring it to the eclipse, and then that's how you get your fuel. Sounds right to me. <laughs> Honored by former President Bill Clinton, the mm-hmm. pillar of morality himself, during yep. a 2009 ceremony for the Clinton Global. Don't get me, don't get me started on on the Clintons. That is a whole nother fucking conspiracy. Adrian, go, go away. No, no, no. I'm not. No, you're not getting any airtime today. No. The Clintons have a very troubled and dark past. With not just him with the whole Monica Lewinsky thing, but there's some other things that people don't know about that they did that, well, the general public doesn't know about, but it's out there. If you look up, if you look up and do the research, it's there. And the Clintons aren't very good people. Even though everyone's like, Bill's real cool and Hillary's kind of a bitch, but... ...initiative for their plans to develop biochar technology that they said would sequester carbon dioxide and reduce emissions. Do they even have a working model of something? Or they just said that's what they were doing? That's my question. At least have some kind of prototype on hand. And be like, well, I saw the prototype. It looked real decent. You just say that's what we're doing. What's what's the where, where's the proto wisdom machine you're gonna be doing this with? Something. Developing countries. Nor and Rag lied to investors. Mm-hmm. Along with Colorado wealth advisor Wade McKelvey. Mm-hmm. McKelvey ran Get Rich Quick seminars to pitch their biochar technology and carbon negative housing development in Tennessee. <laughs> Through his Speed of Wealth seminars, one featuring John Elway, McKelvey overstated claims that. John Elway? Should he be on the hook for this as well? I mean, we're showing all the celebrities that did that whole was FTX thing that were in the commercial. Everyone except Larry David, because in the commercial, he's like, nah, I don't do it. Even though it's commercial for it. Because <laughs> in, in the commercial, I don't know if you've ever seen this commercial. It's, it's throughout history. Larry David is always like shutting down like the most recent discovery of something. He's like, nah, people don't want want don't want to have that done. It's like a couple examples of like major things that happen in history. Where there's like a new discovery made, and then Larry David's there. And he's like, nah, people don't want that. It's not going to go through. And then, and then at the end, I guess somebody's like, wants to invest in crypto or something, and then Larry David's like, nah, people don't want that. But then it's a commercial for crypto, for, for the FTX scam. But everyone wants to sue Matt Damon and, and uh, just one of the Williams sisters. We we'll always get them confused. Which one is the one that's the most popular one? Is it Serena? If like a Serena, I want to say Serena. Bunch of celebrities hopped on that crypto scam. Well, probably because they were paying them. But here's the thing with sponsorship deals. And here's the thing with me. As broke as I am, I pledge to you this, my soul, my, my, there's no jokes, no games here. 
my I got my hand on my chest, my right hand up, all that stuff. I am not going to sponsor something that I don't, I don't full heart, full heartedly either use or believe in. I'm about to sit here and talk about Raid Shadow Legends or your mobile device. Like I don't fucking give a shit about that shit. I don't use it. But if you want to talk about like you know, Doctor Bronner's, that's a good that's a good product. I would I, I've used it before. It's very good. I like the peppermint one because you can smell it. It's a good, it's a strong smell of like clean on you. Smells good. <laughs> I gotta buy some more of that shit. That was really good stuff. It's expensive as hell, though, but it's really good. Mantra had already made millions of dollars and promised investment returns as high as 484%. Levy specifically targeted elderly investors. Elderly investors. They had to liquidate all their assets, Ugh. mutual funds, and. That should be a warning sign. If they're like, if you're like, oh, I don't have the money. Oh, do you own this house? Do you have a 401k? Let me show you how to get that money out and put it into this. And that way you have more than enough to cover it when it comes back. Yeah, that sounds like a scam to me. 401k plans. Then told them to take out as many loans as possible and invest it all in Mantra. Many of them did. Ugh. However, Mantra's environmental... That's got to be like a... When is it the investor people... Because all this stuff is to protect the wealthy, mind you, as well. So they don't fucking... Because you think they give a fuck about the poor people that invested in shit? They don't give a fuck about us. All this has got to be tied into some kind of, like, protecting the wealthy type of law. That's why it's out there. Why all these while all these regulations and stuff out there protect the wealthy from losing their money. So some, you know, debutante socialite of some chain doesn't spend the whole family fortune on this scam because they don't give a fuck about the poor and that's why you know they you scam over 300 people yeah. look uh, hypothetically speaking let's say I was able to scam 350 people right and all I said was give me a hundred dollars or somehow give me a hundred dollars 350 people, $100 is $35,000. Just off those people. Cash. But, what was I saying about the laws and shit? Um, yeah, there's gotta be more in place to protect. It's gotta be more, it's gotta be something where to, I was gonna say buyer's remorse. I do think the people who pulled the scam should be held the most accountable but also it should be the people who put the money in it's kind of one of those things it's like well you you know you it's your money you're able to spend it on whichever whatever you want to spend it on but you should have did more due diligence on your part to to you know um they should get something back but not the most back I don't know, that sounds fucked I know it sounds fucked up. These people scammed all this money from these people, $54 million. Had Bill Clinton speaking on their behalf and stuff. Like, you think it's legit. You legitimately think it's legit. I understand that. But still, you got to do your due diligence. You can't just be like, oh, Clinton said they're okay, so let me give them money. No, you got you to gotta do your researches. If I'm going to invest a good chunk a good chunk of money in a company, this like anything like... I'll say five grand and up. Let's say I had like five grand laying around. 
and I want to invest in a startup, even if I'm investing in a restaurant, I'd have to know how business is doing. Okay, how how are you guys doing business? What's it like? You know, what's what? What do you what do you pull on the average week, night? How much is building costs? What do you pay staff? A lot of stuff goes into that shit. You can't just give your money to somebody because they was like, oh, John Elway said that they're good. Bill Clinton said they're good, so I'm gonna give them money. Initiatives hadn't been profitable. Biochar is very expensive to produce. The mantra only had one plant that was just starting out, not the claimed 25. The mm. development wasn't anything more. They had one plant that was barely working. <laughs> one guy there's flipping a switch. Machines on, machines out. Machines on, machines out. Just keep doing that about 100 times. Bill, we'll pay you 19 bucks an hour. <laughs> Lots resold at a loss. Mm-hmm. Here are the returns paid to investors that have been funded. Oh, hold on, what? A mantra only had one plant it. that was just starting out, not the claimed 25. Okay. The housing development wasn't anything more than vacant lots resold at a loss. The early returns paid to investors that have been funded almost exclusively from new investments. So, where did all these retirees' life savings go? In their pockets. I mean, fucking. That's easy to do. Where the money go? Went to pay off old investors so they would keep giving money to keep funneling money into it. Cause you gotta have a you gotta have a, a steady income stream. You use the new money to pay the old money, so the old money gives new money, and it cycles all back. Right? Then you use the the the, the, the after you do all that, use the whatever to fund your fucking extravagant lifestyle. Ray claims he didn't spend lavishly, despite the influx of millions to their company, merely living in a 1,200-square-foot home and said there was no Lamborghini parked out front. Was, however, driving around in a Mercedes SLK 350 with a Mantra Vanity license plate. That was expensive. It's not an elite luxury vehicle, but it's not a Honda Civic either. Right. Along with funding their lifestyles, there was the creation of Mantra Records, a record label that invested money in a rapper called Ice Block. Mantra Records. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's the funniest thing. But they lost money on a rapper. <laughs> they Ice Block. That is the funniest fucking thing I've heard in a minute. Oh, Jesus Christ. Just that whole thing. Well, they also had a record label, and they were trying to bet it all on this rapper called Ice Block. What the fuck? their lifestyles there was the creation of mantra records a record label that invested money in a rapper called ice block mantra records <laughs> he's fucking crazy ice block <laughs> i guess this is what the kids are into right ice block <laughs> all right ice block uh ice spice uh can't find anything with him. Uh, or things like ice spice or ice block delivery and stuff. Ice tea. Okay, ice block don't stop. Was it from another country?
This is the same guy. It sounds like uh, the Caribbean rap. I don't know if that's the same guy or not, but I could definitely I can see this playing in like a dance hall or a reggae type club. Ice Block. Mantra Records funded a music video for Ice Block that ridiculously featured Rag and Noah. A lawsuit was able to recover about six million dollars for victims of the scheme. Yeah, that's not enough. Six million dollars out of at the fifty-four. That's nothing. That's nothing. Trust me, they got money scrolled away in all types of different accounts under different people's names, buried somewhere. When you're making that kind of money hand of a fist, and you know you're doing something illegal, you're prepared to hide money everywhere put money put open up an account in your grandma's name and put money in that account slowly you know don't just make a great great big deposit because it's suspicious slowly put money in that account i'm not giving you tips to be a better criminal but that's just saying if i was in that situation that's what i'm doing another eight hundred thousand dollars was placed in a receivership but has yet to be paid out of the 54 million dollars invested in mantra 17 million have been paid out to early investors but when the Securities Exchange Commission shut Mantra down, only $790,000 remained from the other $37 million. Nor and Rag both pled guilty after being charged. While out on bail waiting for a sentence, Rag hatched another scheme where he solicited an investment in an online video dating service that was about to be purchased by a well-known entrepreneur. Of course, there was no deal, and the victim lost her entire investment. Troy Rag had see was pulling another Ponzi scheme, probably. Uh, a harsher sentence of twenty-two years in prison and fifty-four million dollars restitution. Wade McKelvey was sentenced to eighteen years in prison, five years of supervision. And then of course I bet you she gets the least amount of time out of all of them. And she was like, I I I thought we were doing something good. I, I I wasn't into the to the financial stuff or the or the just I was focused on the on the product and focused on the dream and trying to make that happen. I didn't know that they were doing this. I bet you she gets the less time. In order to pay thirty-seven million dollars restitution, Amanda Nor was sentenced in Philadelphia federal court to only thirty months in federal prison. Thirty months. In order to pay thirty-seven million dollars restitution. Okay. Maybe these three should invest in a little morality. Number two, mm. give me your tax returns. Tanya M. Fox spent $4 Tanya million dollars on a BMW 7 Series, an Infinity M. $4 million. Why, do, why is that the first thing these motherfuckers do is buy luxury cars? You're not going to notice the same ride different when, when you... Now that I think about I was thinking about this at work uh, uh, the other day. I've never seen a commercial for like Gucci or Prada or Balenciaga or any of those top name brands. I've never seen a commercial for them like now in the Gucci store, the Gucci whatever. I've never seen a commercial for them, right? Seen commercials for Gap, Old Navy, Target, Walmart, all that, right? Never seen a commercial for like any of that, any of that stuff. But yet, Gucci, Balenciaga, Prada, whatever the high end fashion shit is now. Gets free name drop from fucking rappers and shit. They'll be like, in the club blowing up, but my bitch is Luciana. That's free, um, what do you call it? Advertisement. That's free advertisement on their part. 
and they don't do nothing. They don't. They don't say nothing about it. You can have a whole record about a motherfucker killing people, but he can name drop Villasayaga or Fashion Nova or, or or Prada or any type of expensive Gucci, any expensive run up on the up on the block shot him twice, <laughs> shot him twice in the head. Oop, he was dead. Went to the club. My nigga Fred saw some bitches there dressed in red Prada. Prada. Something like that. That was that was awful on my part, but you know you, you get what I'm saying. M35, a Chrysler Crossfire. Why? And then they buy all and then they buy all, all these cars for one person. Dude, I just want to have a comfortable lifestyle to where I can do things I enjoy and I can work when I want to, but not because I have to. Two cosmetic surgeries, and she opened a restaurant in Orlando, Florida. But Fox didn't earn her $4 million the old-fashioned way our fathers and grandfathers did by playing the state lottery. She actually opened bank accounts in the name of fake tax prep businesses to file for fraudulent returns, then used other people to withdraw those returns. That sounds so fucking complicated, what she's doing. Yeah, they have time to do all that. And sit there with a straight face. I guess once you do it the first time, and you get away with it, then you get kind of ballsy with it because nothing happened right away because that's the thing with doing something criminal right we all well most of us most good upstanding people think when you do something wrong oh my god they're going to find out i did this wrong there's going to be you know some kind of jail thing going on or even some kind of moral implication of it and then you sit around you wait for consequences to happen and they don't happen immediately so you think okay so i'm gonna do it one more time and i'm done the more time turns into two more times, two more times, and three more times, and you like this. It's this whole thing. I mean, they're probably not gonna go. They're not gonna go into detail of what she did, but that shit sounds complicated as fuck. And then you look at her. I bet she she sits around and smokes fucking menthols all day and eats hot flaming Cheetos and drinks forty ounces. And she went into banks with this shit. Looking the way she does, like out. Uh, An Infiniti M35, a Chrysler Crossfire, Volkswagen Beetle, and a Maserati, two cosmetic surgeries, and she opened a restaurant in Orlando, Florida. But Fox didn't earn her. Tanya M. Fox. Uh, looks like a uh, looks like a black auntie. That's the best way I can describe her. But looks like the black auntie that um, is always hitting on the young young boys. I'm not talking about young men. I'm talking about young boys. Like, if she was a dude, it'd be a problem. For $4 million, the old-fashioned way our fathers and grandfathers did, by playing the state lottery. She actually opened bank accounts in the name of fake tax prep businesses. Opened a bank account in the name of fake... What? I still don't understand. And she opened a restaurant in Orlando, Florida. But Fox didn't earn her $4 million the old-fashioned way our fathers and grandfathers did by playing the state lottery. She actually opened bank accounts in the name of fake tax prep businesses to file for fraudulent returns. Then you open bank accounts with fake businesses, filed fraudulent claims. To other people to withdraw those returns. Fox and got other people to withdraw those funds. Filed over 3,590 false tax returns on behalf of 3,023 different victims. 
Fox used social security numbers, dates of birth, and names of patients, most of whom were teenagers, at the health department to file the returns. Oh, shit, that is, yeah. At a place like that, you got access to everybody's shit. Name, birthday, social security number, health thing, all types of shit. Nearly $4.1 million. $4.1 million. Employees, Kentarisha Smith and Gerald Williams, and Williams' brother, Delray Duncan, were arrested, admitting that they were paid roughly $45,000 to steal patients' information. $45,000 each or $45,000 altogether? To steal patient information, to do this, and then that whole thing in itself sounds complicated as fuck. Mind you, but then she sat there, she dropped the plan, and to her, it was probably easy peasy, lemon squeezy, you know. She And then she had to have gotten the idea from somewhere. I don't think she just woke up one day and was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. She had to have heard about it somewhere, seen it before, knew someone who did something similar before. Because with that, when when a scam is that complicated and and, and Starting to like the Ponzi scheme thing, starting the business and building investors and stuff like that. That's that's more about like word of mouth reputation. You have to get your your word of mouth and reputation up as something so people want to invest in you and to get like Bill Clinton speak on your behalf or John Elway or whatever to come and speak on your behalf. So that takes a little bit of time, but fifty four million dollars, hey, you know, fifty four million, that is worth it. She only got four. They got 54. So, hey, they missed it about, she's missing about 50 of them things. But, uh, she must have seen, like, people don't just wake up one day. And just, I don't, just live a, live a, live a, live a mediocre existence, going to my job, clocking in, clocking out, working, and wake up one day and be like, oh, I'm going to go to the bank today and start a scheme. Like, you have they have, they have gotten that from somewhere and i would love to know where like just have them sit down like just offer them they do all this shit with mobsters and drug dealers they, they cut them deals all the time if you can tell us where you got your information from and how you got started and all that type of stuff i mean they probably know to, they're just not just saying, and this guy's not going to go into fucking full detail about how the scam worked. It's just, uh, uh, it's just, this sounds so fucking complicated to do all that shit. It, it's it's very high risk with a very low reward. Four million dollars, yeah, that's a lot of money, but compared to what you're doing and the time you can get for it and everything that can happen with it is so much higher started when sheriffs were searching a house and discovered a handwritten list with about 150 names, dates of birth, mm-hmm. field patients information. The investigation started when sheriffs were searching a house and discovered a handwritten list with about 150 names. So somebody was keeping tabs. Dates of birth and social security numbers. During her trial, Fox was deemed the mastermind behind the scheme, given the more severe punishment of 20 years for aggravated identity theft, wire fraud, and conspiracy, as well as theft of government property. While the sentence was viewed by some as harsh, the judge brought up the aggravating fact... No, no, not harsh. She ruined people's lives. She stole people's identities and used that to take money. No, that's not fucking harsh. And that's the thing I hate about my people, too. Sometimes, okay... Yes, there are systems in place in this country that are 
racially biased towards us. Yes, that is a fucking fact. It is not disputable. But not everything is because that person was black. This is an awful person. And I guarantee you, he's like, oh, she's really locking her up because she's black. No, she did an awful fucking thing. For bribing three members of the health department to get her hands on the identities. Further, the majority of the stolen identities belong to teenagers who will be unaware that their identities have been stolen and the problem. Right. So, yeah. So you're stealing from these teenagers who have no credit history, mind you. Most of them shouldn't have any credit history. You know, unless mom was putting their name in the light bill or whatever. But that's a whole different story for another time. Um, yeah, and they wouldn't know until they try to do something later on in life. So it's one of the things that doesn't hit you right away. It'll hit you later on in life and you try to figure out what, what why, why is this, what, what, what happened? Problems that will create until they try to buy a house or a car in the future. Right. All of Fox's assets were seized in order to pay restitution. Her co-conspirator, Gerald Williams, received four and a half years. Delray Duncan got three and a half. And Shantarika Smith was sentenced to five years. So she got 20 years. And then her co-conspirators got... Everyone got pretty much five or less. They should all get about the same amount of time, to be honest with you. They were all in on the scam. Unless my, you know, then you get the one that flipped less time because they flipped, but that's ridiculous. It just pisses me off so much that people just walk out here and do that type of shit and don't see any kind of a problem with it. Like, there's always that thing. Okay, so, um, I was raised with this, with this saying, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Pretty much saying, like, treat people how you want to be treated that's kind of problematic in itself i mean it sounds good in theory that you think you want people to be nice and kind to you but what if you're like a piece of shit and i expect motherfuckers to treat me like a piece of shit because i feel like shit and everything is shit so you go around thinking shit is shit and you do shit to make shit shit happen you know so that could be a problem in itself but that's that's, that's, that's kind of how it's right so I'll, whenever i make a serious major decision I think, how does it affect me? How does it affect my loved ones? Those are two things I think about. I don't think, I don't, you know, care what the general public thinks about me or whatever case may be. I think about how does it affect me? How does it affect me? And what will my, my grandparents think about me when I do this? Or if, if I do this, if I don't do this. So, that's just me. For one. Queen tax fraud. Rashia Wilson was the self-proclaimed queen of IRS tax fraud. Apparently tax fraud has a monarchy. She posted a... Yeah, this is one of those things where, like, people fucking... I, I haven't seen this before, but let me guess. Fill out some fraudulent tax return, claiming all types of shit, and you're expected to get back a lot more money than you've ever earned in your lifetime. Don't know exactly how it works, but which really says that our system is overworked if people can't verify these things personally. Like, I don't understand how to do tax. I had to go H&R Block, and the guy was like, "Bring spring your pay stub and and all that stuff, and <laughs> that'll be whatever happens." <laughs> I was like, I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> he was like, how much did you make this last year? Or, you know, 
got expensive write-offs, stuff like that. I was like, I you know, I just get my pay stub and tell you what I spent money on. And if that's tax deductible, let me know. Like, I got receipts for some stuff. I don't got receipts for other stuff. I don't know. I don't know how any of that tax shit works. I feel like I should probably, you know, buy a tax law book or something like that. Just to have it, just to be able to look it up and, you know, leave it by the toilet with his reading material or something like that. But, oh, I didn't know you could write that off as a claim. This shit is so fucking complicated. Like, who has time for all that shit? Unless you're trying to scam some shit. All capital letters. Oh, hold on. Queen tax fraud. Rashia Wilson was the self-proclaimed queen of IRS tax fraud. Apparently, tax fraud has a monarchy. She posted a message on Facebook in all capital letters for emphasis, claiming that she's a millionaire. For the record, so if we had thought the police indicting her would be easy, it wouldn't be. Honestly, we thought it would have been easy. Wilson promised us that we need more than quote. And the club taking photos. Was the message to the rat who went and told on her although her meaning still seems a bit vague wilson's post goes on in disbelief about the police's possible indictment plans as if the first lady so wait now she... i don't know why the police are after me i've just been committing fucking federal crimes to get money she's not a queen didn't have the tampa bay police department under her spell tampa bay she's a witch now her Majesty reminded us that at the moment she Florida again, Tampa, so she wouldn't have to do any time. But Wilson obviously meant no time other than the 21 years she had gotten for wire fraud, aggravated identity theft, and being a felon queen, which in possession of a firearm. From April 2009 to September 2012, Queen and First Lady Horatia Wilson and her co-conspirator Maurice J. Larry looks shady as fuck. The Internal Revenue Service fraudulently obtaining tax refunds. They received U.S. Treasury checks and prepaid debit cards that were loaded with funds derived from filing false income tax. Right. Yeah, generally when you file a high tax return or stuff like that, they're not going to fucking deposit the cash back into your account or whatever. They'll send you a card with that money on it. Must be nice, right? I only know about this because I heard about it several times. Is that they'll get the cards with the money on it and that's how they don't swipe and swipe and shit. Those names. Wilson and Larry filed these tax returns from various locations, including Wilson's own home and various hotels. Of course they did. They cause fucking too goddamn stupid. Fucking using your home as a base of operations and wondering why the FBI's kicking in your door at four in the morning. <laughs> How'd they find us? Tampa. Wilson and Larry then used these refunds to make hundreds of thousands of dollars in retail purchases to buy money orders and to withdraw cash. During the unpredicted what all they did what what the what revenue service okay. fraudulently obtaining tax refunds fraudulently obtaining tax refunds don't say how they did it of course I just I don't want to get a step by step guide of like this is what they did this way but just explain to me like what they did how they did it because a lot of the stuff takes a lot more time and, and and effort to do it than it would be to get a goddamn job. You out here fucking doing all this shit. You could have had a job by now and did all that shit. Rather than do that shit, I should say. Because that sounds complicated as shit. And then you got to wait on a tax refund to come back? Like, what are you doing in the meantime? What if it gets rejected? What if they say no to it? What's the plan after that? Because that is like a high, like... At least the chick that goes into the bank knows if she's getting that money or not that day. 
You know, they'll say yes or no that day. But that shit is like, you gotta wait weeks or months to, to find out if you're gonna get that return or not. Received U.S. Treasury checks and prepaid debit cards that were loaded with funds derived from filing. Like I said, of course, it'd be in Florida. Names. Wilson and Larry filed these tax returns from various locations, including Wilson's own home and various hotels throughout Tampa. Wilson and Larry then used these refunds to make hundreds of thousands of dollars in retail purchases to buy. Of course, and I bet you they are living out of the fucking Section 8 housing, probably living in long-term rental and shit, buy all this fancy shit. Didn't bother to move, mind you. Guarantee they, they were living, they still living in a shit neighborhood, but he bother to buy a nice car and some nice clothes and jewelry of course because they love shiny shit like babies uh, oh oh i didn't even think about that like babies loving that shiny shit i money orders and withdraw cash during the unpredicted investigation agents searched wilson's house and larry's storage unit where they discovered thousands of names and social security numbers Agents also found high-end accessories, jewelry, and a firearm in Wilson's home. Further additional reloadable debit cards loaded with fraudulent tax refunds were found in both locations. Mm. Wilson, who often referred to herself as the First Lady and Queen of Tax Fraud, title she chose for herself, spent $30,000 on her daughter's first birthday party and purchased a new- $30,000 on a one-year-old's party. That is fucking ridiculous. A kid will be happy with just a get-together. It's some presents. $30,000 on a kid's birthday party. Didn't mama do right by you? It was all about you, baby. I wanted to make you have a better life. No, don't bring me into your fucking fantasy. That's the problem, too, as well. Because that lead, that that also imprints on the next generation as well. Is that she's thinking, oh, my mama only did that because she wanted me to have a better life. Not thinking like, oh, I'm always a piece of shit and use me as an excuse to steal stuff. Audi for $90,000. $90,000 Audi? Yeah, of course they fucking had a fucking... It's always cars and jewelry with these people. Or mostly cars. Cars of stuff like, like... I'm trying to think right now, like, I don't... I don't like driving. I might have a fear of driving. I might, I might generally have like a driving phobia. Because I just keep thinking like every time I get behind a wheel of a car, I get anxious, I get nervous. I keep thinking about me hitting somebody or somebody hitting me. And I just can't. I have a driver's license. I still can't. You know, like I get nervous. Right. I had a somewhat of a fender bender in, in high school. Took a car that didn't belong to me. Trying to show off in front of this chick that was dating, right? Uh, uh, it was uh, the uh, uh, Hobbit. I think I talked about her before. If you're new to this series, the Hobbit was this girl. I was in high school. There was abuse to me. Like when I say abuse, I mean abuse. Like she used to fucking hit me and and beat me up. But she she had a face was uh, uh, uh but that ass was a huh. And she would abuse me, and every other time she, every time she get done, you know, be like maybe a day or two afterwards, she do that. The fucking sex was amazing, bruh. And it was like one of those things. It was stuck in a toxic, toxic relationship. So I think I took a car 
when I just, when like maybe it wasn't that long after I just got my license, took a car, just to go see her. They were like, hey, I got a car now. You know, trying to stunt, trying to show off in front of her and everything. And uh, ended up crashing it on the way back home. Front front damage, like like shit was like easy. I mean, it may cost a hundred, couple hundred dollars to replace, but it wasn't like fucking totaled, mind you. I remember how it happened. I crashed it, uh, uh, trying to. Um, the car didn't have a a, a, a radio, or whatever, or see thing, so you had to. I was trying to listen to music, basically, pretty much it after I left, and instead of pulling over and doing it, or doing it before I left, I was trying to do two things at once while driving, and I ended up crashing it, sorry, that's, that's how it happened, I, I don't remember the story I told my grandparents or whatever, I think I told them that I was going to get gas or something, and somebody turned in front of me or something like that, and I hit something, I, story was I was trying to impress some pussy that hey I got a car now look at me and I'm on my way back and you know the fucked up part is I wasn't that far away from home I was probably like less than five minutes both ways going home and I had already driven a car from work where I was working at home nobody was home Called her up like, hey, yeah, girl, you home? Yeah, I got something for you. I'm coming over right now. How you coming over? Oh, you'll see. Pulled up, stunting, I quote unquote, stunting arm in this fucking, you know, jalopy that I had. But it was a car. I was happy to have a car. Hit that pole. And I ain't ever since, because before then, I was so fucking eager to drive. But now it's like I get so nervous behind the wheel. And it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a, it wasn't like a fender bender type of thing. Like, oh my God, how did you get out alive type of thing. It was just like, I hit something, tore up the front part of the car, and that was it. And the car was supposed to go to me, but it went to my uncle. Did my uncle end up having to get stolen or some shit, or stolen or something and happened there. But then looking at my looking at my my uh, life now, bro, I would have got a DUI or something or crashed it eventually. The way I'm the way I'm living, because I would have just uh, what do you call it? Uh, inflamed it, engulfed it, heightened it or something, heightened it, heightened the the, the inevitability of things happening. So that's why I don't drive. Person, to be honest with you, I don't drive because driving when I get behind the wheel, I get nervous, I get tense, get par- you know. I'm driving like a fucking old lady, the stereotypical old lady and stuff like that. I prefer not to drive. I prefer not to drive if I have to. But if it was a life or death emergency, and the only way for me to get to safety was to drive somewhere, I would do it. Other than that, if there's alternatives to the place, I don't need to be there. I, I don't need, I don't, you know, I don't need, I don't, nah, I don't need to be there. I'll find other ways to get there. 
Wilson, who often referred to herself as the First Lady and Queen of Tax Fraud, title she chose for herself, spent $30,000 on her daughter's first birthday party and had purchased a new Audi for $90,000. A new Audi for $90,000. So that's... What? Uh, one twenty, dollars $120,000 around that. The IRS estimated that the actual loss from Wilson and Larry's scheme was $2,240,096.39, though the royal couple's potential theft was in excess of $11 million. At her trial, Wilson's defense brought in a psychologist who explained that she suffers from bipolar disorder. Bipolar disorder will make you make you commit identity fucking scam. Stop putting, stop putting that shit. Cause they say that with Kanye, and they use that now. Like, no, bipolar stuff does not. Bipolar. That's not what bipolar is. It doesn't do the. It, 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 it may have mental illness, but it's not bipolar. That's doing that. I'm bipolar. I can tell you what it does for me. Bipolar for me. It is. I'll have days where I feel down. Down, I'm tired. I don't want to do anything. It's like the depressive days, right? I don't I don't want to do anything. I don't want to go anywhere. But maybe I have enough energy just to go to work and come home because I gotta work to pay bills. I know that much. I can't I can't afford to call out sick. Now when I was at my live with my grandparents at work and I could do that if I wanted to. I can wake up and be like uh, I don't feel like coming in. It's weird then that <laughs> when I think about it now, it's like I've, I've actually could have taken advantage of that and just not going to work that day. I, mean, I did it a couple of times. It was like I didn't feel like coming in to work that day. Um, What, what was I saying? Oh, so you have down days, depressive days, where you're like, you're, you're, you don't feel like doing anything, you know, you kind of want to just like be by yourself, whatever. This affects everyone differently. Usually it's a cycle. It's a cycle of, of being up. Up is like, you're excited, you're, you, you know, you, you know, I go to work, I to work. Yes, let's do this. Yep, yep, yep. Keep coming. Yep, yep. Hey, how you doing? Yep, yep. Energetic. It's like an energetic mode of, what feels like positivity, but it's not per se. And then it usually is followed by a cycle of down, which is like depression. What you have to do with therapy and if needed medication is you learn how to recognize it and you learn how to, um, I say not conquer it because you really can't conquer because it's, it's a chemical imbalance in your brain. Um, I guess deal with it. And I've just learned how to deal with it. I said, I do not want to go back to that mess. Bruh, I, I tell you, unless you have money to go to like a private facility or something like that, state hospitals that deal with mental illness are awful. Bruh, like I don't, I don't wish, unless, well, I wish it on my worst enemy. 
everyone says, I wouldn't wish that I would wish that my worst enemy. Yeah, I hope my worst enemy experiences that because that is some fucking I had to experience it and they should experience it as well. Though the royal couple's potential theft was in excess of eleven million dollars. At her trial, Wilson's defense brought in a psychologist who explained that she suffers from bipolar disorder. Bullshit. Was first diagnosed from a young age, and that the absurd bragging is consistent with her disorder. Wilson Bullshit. had a rough upbringing, struggled in school, and eventually dropped out. However, the judge couldn't ignore the fact that Wilson stole over $3 million from the government. An unfortunate upbringing with a mental disorder didn't give her a pass. The judge sentenced Rashia Wilson to 21 years in federal prison for wire fraud aggravated identity theft and being a felon in possession of a firearm as well as the forfeiture of two million two hundred forty thousand and ninety six dollars thirty nine cents which constitutes the proceeds traceable to the offense this was quite an unusual and you know what hurts the most about all this shit well not the most what hurts the most per se but what hurts is that when it's black people in trouble they're all quick to play the race card. I'm not doing the whole Candace Owen thing here. Like I said before, racist shit does happen and there are systems put against us to succeed. If you don't believe me, look at like Tulsa, Oklahoma or Rosewood where we had thriving communities that were doing good on their own. Or even like there were black people that were living in Central Park. There, were, there used to be houses and shit in Central Park in New York. And then the government came along and was like, nah, fuck that shit. We want to make this a park. Um, look at that and look what they did to us. They took that away from us. So we were unable to rebuild. Because you think like, oh. That's what people give a lot of credit for. People, you know, a lot of, a lot of immigrants come here like, oh, I'm Italian. I'm Irish. I'm Polish. I'm whatever. I came here with nothing. We build business. We have family. We have successful business. Yeah, well, your businesses weren't fucking overtaken several times over. Imagine you being Irish coming here trying to start a. a, 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 a this is going to sound racist as shit. Trying to start a, a, a deli. And we started a deli. People came in and like, you can't have your deli here. I started smashing shit up fucking shit around and throwing shit around and stuff like that every time you try to do business that's what it's like being black every time we try to do something towards our race that's positive building communities that just self because it's like oh all people like all the race people like go back to Africa this that whatever okay when we try to have our own communities with stuff you motherfuckers burn it down Tulsa Oklahoma that happened. Fucking thing happened. Let me make sure I'm, I'm upset about the right thing. I keep saying Tulsa. The Greenwood and Tulsa race riots. Okay, yes. Okay, that is, that is the right area. Okay. Just make sure I was saying the right thing. Because I would hate to go on a rant. And be like, I'm not saying the wrong. I'm saying the wrong thing. This is gonna be way too late in the episode, but I need to make a correction. Uh, last episode, I was like, oh, Nick Cannon was 
accused of sexual assault. It's not Nick Cannon. It's Nick Carter. Aaron Carter's brother. Aaron Carter passed away. Nick Carter was part of the Backstreet Boys. So one of the Backstreet Boys members is accused of sexual assault. Not Nick Cannon. It's going to be, are they the most dangerous women in the world? From They Will Kill You. Hey, YouTube channel, They Will Kill You. Um, how about giving the, the SFW podcast with Adrian? It's W hyphen Adrian. Uh, a shout out because we've been fucking highlighting your videos for a minute, bro. Like, it'd be nice to be like, thanks to this podcast for shouting us out and playing our videos. Something. Uh, but yeah, we got women on here who are dangerous criminals. Like I said, women, women, women can be just as, just as bad as men. It's, you know, and I feel like the, um, with the last one, for the most part, women got equal time, equal whatever. But I swear it's like, uh, a guy committing a violent crime and the woman's there. Woman could say the guy made her do it, or whatever. You get less time, still. But we'll see how it is here. Number seven, Katrina Ipaya. New Zealand teenager Katrina Ipaya got into an argument with a woman over loud music while at a house party in Avonhead. He got in an argument about loud music at a house party. Where it's gonna be loud music played. Come on, bruh. Pick your fights. Or come on, sis, pick your fights. Ice Church in August of 2017. Ipaya, aged 18 at the time, had had a troubled upbringing and was known to have gang affiliations. As the confrontation with 32-year-old mother Alicia Marie Nathan escalated, Ipaya stabbed her several times with a kitchen knife. What was a 32-year-old mother doing at a house party with an alcohol-fueled rage. She warned others at the party not to call for help for Nathan and threatened to kill another woman in attendance before. I feel like house parties are more like a teenage, early 20s type of thing to do. What was a 34-year-old uh, mother that's in her 30s doing there? Actually arrested in alcohol-fueled rage. She warned others at the party not to call for help for Nathan and threatened to kill another woman in attendance before fleeing. She was eventually arrested and pleaded guilty to murder, for which she was given a life sentence. This is they will kill you. Are they the most dangerous women in the world? On the 11th of the following year, Ibaya was transported from prison to Middlemore Hospital to get treatment for a hand injury. The face tattoo 22-year-old had earlier asked for compassionate release so that she could attend a cousin's funeral. Oh, they got all these pictures of her just shining on Facebook, you know, looking innocent and stuff. Of course, that's what they want to profile. Before her expected transfer back to prison. Jesus, and then she got fucking face tattoos. What does that say? Real something. She got real tattooed on one side of her face and then something else tattooed on the other. Yeah, she's devoted to that life. Fastened handcuffs and fled from the hospital on foot. It was later revealed that she deliberately hurt her hand as part of the escape plan. A warning was issued to the public not to approach the extremely dangerous fugitive 
She looks so much better without those fucking tattoos on her face. Roughly two weeks before she was recaptured and had nine months added to her sentence. Most but, oh, let's go back. I don't, I don't remember why she did what she did. Katrina Ipaya. New Zealand teenager Katrina Ipaya got into an argument with a woman over loud music. She got into an argument with one of a loud a woman over loud music at the house party. Maybe they were playing it in an apartment or something or a house next door and she's like, Hey, it's loud. I can hear it over where I'm at. Turn down a little bit or whatever. Okay, that's that could be the scenario. While at a house party in Avonhead, Christchurch, in August of 2017, Ipaya, aged 18 at the time, had had a troubled upbringing and was. The woman was in her 30s, and 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 the offender was 18 years old. And uh, if you know anything about London over there, as far as like culture and stuff like that, respect is a big. I mean, respect is a big thing everywhere, but respect is a big thing over there immensely like they'll fucking I mean we're worried about it here or people will come back and shoot you no they'll fucking chop you with a machete over there very quickly you know because that's what they carry over there because you can't carry guns as much there are guns over there mind you it's not like you can't get a gun but it's harder to get one unless you live on like an estate with like a shotgun or something like that known to have gang affiliations as the confrontation with 32 year old mother alicia marie nathan escalated stabbed her several times with a kitchen knife stabbed her several times with a kitchen knife rage she warned our 10 years how much you could been in a fucking on september the 11th of the following year ipaya was transported from prison to middlemore hospital to get treatment for a hand injury i skipped ahead a bit again because we already heard this compassionate release so that she could attend a cousin's funeral in Papakura before her expected transfer back to prison, Ipaya slipped her loosely fastened handcuffs and fled from the hospital on foot. Of course, she did. Revealed that she deliberately hurt her hand as part of the escape plan. A warning was issued to the public not to approach the extremely dangerous fugitive under any circumstances. She remained on the run for roughly two weeks before she was recaptured and had nine months added to her sentence. Most recently, in February of 2022, Ipaya launched a one-woman riot at the Christchurch Women's Prison. She used furniture to barricade herself in an area that was fenced off and part of the secure perimeter. Ipaya blacked out windows and a CCTV camera before she made her way to the prison's roof through an access hatch she used a metal bar to destroy property estimated at over 80 okay so she's, she's just a menace that's basically what that all what, what that all what that all says like she's just a menace besides don't ever let that that brought out like she does not give a fuck she's about that life she got a tattooed on her thousand dollars including roofing material skylights and a satellite dish negotiators talked her down and she once more had time added to her sentence Number six, Isabella Guzman. In 2020, TikTok users started sharing clips from the Sweet but psycho girl stabbed her mother 50 times. 151 times. Sweet but psycho. I was talking over that. Let's. In 2020, TikTok users started sharing clips from the 2013 arraignment of teenager Isabella Guzman, set to the Ava Max song. 
sweet but psycho, with some users trying to imitate her odd facial expressions in the courtroom. Guzman's rise to internet fame and consequent fandom occurred as she... See what I'm saying? You could... I've, I've, I've been saying this for the longest time. You can go viral quickly, very quickly, by doing something horrendous and awful. Like, if I, if I recorded myself going around and just... Well, some site, I'm sure there's sites out there that will fucking monetize the shit or whatever. Probably world star hip hop, whatever. If I, if I record myself going around just like slap random people like, what time is it? Oh, it's about. And just slapping them and running off. Uh, I just slapped shit on that motherfucker. Uh, he don't know what happened. I can get views and listens and all type of stuff, but I don't want to go that route. It's a fucking awful route to go with. And of course, these people are going to blame that on this. Truth about Isabel Guzman, the schizophrenic girl that stabbed her own mother 151 times. We'll see if that's what it is. He was in a mental institution for brutally murdering her mother. On the night of August the 28th of 2013, she went into the bathroom of their Colorado home as her mother, Yuni Hoy, was taking a shower. Guzman, who was then just 18 years old, stabbed the woman over 70 times in the head. 70 times. The teen's stepfather made his way upstairs after hearing a thud followed by blood-curdling screams. Guzman blocked the door at first and her stepfather called... Oh, using her best pictures, of course. Went upstairs again. The teen left the bathroom and said nothing as she walked past. Said Isabel Guzman, but she looks Asian. With a bloody kitchen knife in hand, the man found his wife naked on the bathroom floor and covered in stab wounds. He tried to revive her, but she was ultimately pronounced dead at the scene. Guzman was arrested at a nearby parking garage the following day, where officers found her wearing a pink sports bra and turquoise shorts. They were still covered in her mother's blood. During her arraignment on September the 5th, Guzman smirked, pointed to her eyes and adopted the facial expressions that would later gain attention on the internet, along with what users described as her attractive and seemingly innocent appearance. Guzman pleaded... Now she looks guilty as shit. She's an orange jumpsuit looking like that. I'd be like, God damn, she did the most horrible crime ever because they showed a picture of her and the orange jumpsuit, and out of context, he was like, what do you think she did? Oh, maybe she just had a DUI or whatever, you know, it's fine. But no, she's a fucking killer. Doctors found that for years, she'd been suffering from paranoid schizophrenia with delusions and hallucinations that greatly altered her perception of reality. Guzman didn't think she'd killed her mother, but a woman named Cecilia in order to save the world. A judge accepted her plea and sent her to the Colorado Mental Health Institute in Pueblo. As of the latest updates in 2020, Guzman petitioned the court to be released, claiming her schizophrenia was under control and she no longer posed a threat to society. Well, that, that is a long, long avenue of stuff we need to get into. Because they just can't decide, like, you gotta take medication and shit, all that, whatever, because, like, you were off beforehand. 
can't have your way when they when they want to come back in, make them make them lose their work. You know. Regrets for her actions, but also noted that she'd been abused by her parents for years. They were Jehovah's Witnesses, and Guzman claimed that the abuse worsened after she'd left the religion in early teens. Number five, Alex Titchelman. On November the 22nd of 2013, millionaire Google executive Forrest Hayes didn't return to his California home and his wife became worried. She called the captain of his 46-foot long yacht called Escape, which was docked at the Santa Cruz. Oh, oh, that sounds... Oh, that sounds like a good burning mystery. Get this millionaire guy who doesn't return calls to his yacht. What? Yeah, she did it. I'm calling her right now. She did it. Whoever they said was the person that they called, she did it. found the 51-year-old father of five lying unresponsive in the main cabin and he was later pronounced dead with drug overdose as the reported cause. Investigators learned that Hayes had secretly been seeing escort Alex Titchelman, whom he'd met through the website Seeking Arrangement and determined that she'd been with him on the night of his death. As a high-end escort, Titchelman was reported to have had up to 200 clients, the majority of whom worked in Silicon Valley. The police eventually obtained a harrowing video from the yacht that showed in chilling detail Hayes' final moments. When he and Titchelman would meet, they'd have intimate relations and partake in heavy drugs. As revealed by the footage, the escort, then in her mid-twenties, had injected Hayes with heroin. He soon started experiencing medical complications and passed out, with Titchelman seemingly panicking and trying to revive him. However, she then stepped over the man as she finished her glass of wine. Titchelman didn't call the emergency services and instead started wiping down her fingerprints, along with further evidence of her presence. Before abandoning the millionaire in the yacht, Titchelman was arrested roughly eight months after Hayes's passing and eventually pleaded guilty to involuntary manslaughter. The call girl killer, as she was dubbed by the media, was sentenced to six years in prison and released in 2017. She was extradited to Canada, but less than a year later was indicted for a murder in Fulton County, Georgia. Her boyfriend, 53-year-old musician and club owner, Dean Ryopel, had died roughly two months before Hayes from what was initially suspected as an accidental over... Don't rent a car. Six, rent the car. Number seven, Riley Higgins. The 23-year-old son of an Australian millionaire was arrested following an armed robbery which occurred on August the 17th of 2022 at a gas station in Avalon on Sydney's northern beaches. CCTV footage showed a masked suspect holding up the establishment with what was later determined to have been an air rifle. The gunman was identified as Riley Higgins, an aspiring rapper, and the son of Peter Higgins, the millionaire co-founder of the mortgage-broking firm Mortgage Choice. Higgins threatened the station attendant before making off with roughly $400 in cash. He was subsequently arrested and charged with robbery while armed with a dangerous weapon. His mother, Rebecca, 
worked as a registered clinical counselor and psychotherapist. She reported during the consequent legal proceedings that Higgins had undergone mental health treatment from a young age after being diagnosed with attention deficit disorder, a mood disorder, and oppositional defiant disorder. Rebecca added that her son was also dealing with an addiction to drugs and alcohol. As of October 2022, Higgins was granted bail and said to undergo a three-month treatment program at a center north of Sydney while awaiting trial for the armed robbery. Number six, Stephanie Scolaro. 26-year-old Stephanie Scolaro was arrested by London law enforcement on March the 8th of 2017 for running a business that illegally imported endangered python skin fashion accessories to the UK. Scolaro's mother hailed from Britain while her father was Italian mining magnate Francesco Scolaro. When news of her arrest broke, local media referred to her as a rich kid of Instagram as she regularly traveled on private planes to her family's properties in Monaco, New York, and Ibiza, posting about her experiences for her over 100,000 followers. Scolaro sold snakeskin bags and baseball caps on the social media platform and through her website SS Python, as well as several London-based boutiques. The young woman, who also worked as a swimsuit model, was arrested on the same day the customs officials seized her illegal products at Heathrow Airport. The police seized 35 caps along with a snakeskin bag, which were valued at over $18,000. Specimens of python leather were also found at Scalaro's luxury home in Parkview Residences, Marlebone. Law enforcement also discovered two forged importation certificates which Scalaro's defense would later argue as evidence that the young woman had been scammed by Indonesian snake farmers. She eventually admitted two counts of importing goods with the intent to evade a prohibition, two counts of keeping for sale a species acquired unlawfully, and two counts of selling a species unlawfully imported. She was spared jail and in January of 2019 given a 12-month community order requiring her to carry out 160 hours of unpaid work. The sentencing judge had harsh words for Scalaro describing her as utterly self-centered and mentally removed from the reality of her crimes by having always been given what she wanted. Scalaro maintained that she hadn't known pythons were endangered or that animal cruelty was basically the backbone of her business. Scalaro also claimed that the wildlife crime unit was using her as an advertising campaign because of her social standing, adding, it's not as if I killed a snake. Number five, King Harris. King Harris, the oldest son of rapper Clifford T.I. and singer-songwriter Tamika Tiny Harris was arrested in Atlanta, Georgia in late August of 2022. The full circumstances of the arrest weren't disclosed, but they were reported to have been centered on 18-year-old Harris not wearing a seatbelt. His attitude and lack of cooperation during the traffic stop were believed to have resulted in him being taken into custody. He later announced his release on social media in a post that also involved him cursing at the police. As his mugshot went viral, many internet users accused the teenage rapper, who performed as Kid Cyan, of trying to act like a gangster. His behavior was found particularly unsavory given the fact that he enjoyed a comfortable and privileged lifestyle primarily due to his parents' success. 
Harris later replied to his critics on social media while taking a bubble bath. He agreed that he shouldn't be getting arrested, claiming he was too rich for it. Harris also noted that his behavior had nothing to do with acting tough, adding, I ain't asked for the police to pull me over. T.I. also replied to fan concerns on social media and claimed that he recognized the energy in his son, insisting that he was a good kid chasing after the wrong things before concluding that time was going to be his teacher. T.I. himself had a long history of legal troubles, with the most recent accusation also involving his wife, Tiny. By 2021, more than 30 women had come forward alleging that the couple and their associates had drugged, kidnapped, and abused them in at least two states, including California and Georgia. Early payday, fee-free overdrafts, no monthly fee. Chime, the number one most loved banking app. Including California and Georgia. Number four, Alexandra Jane Jackson. Alexandra Jane Jackson, daughter of country music icon Alan Jackson, was arrested in Nashville, Tennessee in August of 2013. Local police had observed a Range Rover speeding and conducted a traffic stop. 20-year-old Jackson, who was in the passenger seat, became irate as an officer spoke to the SUV's driver. She got out and her anger grew when the officer requested that she return to the car upon being warned that failure to follow the command would result in her arrest. Jackson, who appeared to be intoxicated at the time, struck the officer in the chest. She then resisted arrest to such an extent that the officer had to call for backup. After she was finally restrained, Jackson told the arresting officer that her father would do anything she wanted, but was promptly warned about any bribery attempt. She was charged with assault, underage drinking, and resisting arrest. Jackson eventually took a plea deal that saw her perform community service as well as take alcohol safety and anger management courses. Number three, Sarah and Claire Bronfner. Following an expose by the New York Times, the United States Attorney for the Eastern District of New York investigated a multi-level self-help company called Nexium and brought charges to several of its leading members in 2018. While on the surface, the organization provided seminars supposedly promoting human potential development, it had a secret branch called DOS, short for Dominus Obsequious Sororium, which loosely translates for master over the slave women. It encouraged female masters to recruit slaves for Nexium leader Keith Ranier, who was the only male member of the secret society. Roughly 150 women joined DOS after being led to believe it was an empowering women-only organization. In reality, they were forced to act as Ranier's private slaves and ceremonially branded with his initials via authorizing pen. To ensure obedience, they were forced to provide collateral such as explicit videos and photos, compromising information, or rights to personal assets. They were sleep deprived, verbally demeaned, corporally punished, and forced to undergo restrictive diets or perform labor as a means of submitting to Ranier's control. Several whistleblowers came forward denouncing Nexium and DOS, resulting in the arrest of Ranier, who was ultimately sentenced to 120 years in prison. Two of his accomplices were Claire and Sarah Bromfman, 
daughters of Seagram and Bromfman Sr. Sarah had joined Nexium in 2001 and persuaded Claire to do the same the following year. The heiresses, both in their 20s at the time, became committed followers and financial backers of Radiers. They relocated to upstate New York to work as Nexium trainers and introduced their father to the organization. Edgar distanced himself from it after learning that Claire had given Radier a $2 million loan. Claire would go on to spend roughly $150 million on the organization. Following a conflict with her father, she installed Keylogger software on his computer, allowing Nexium members to access it. Forbes magazine featured Ranier on its cover in 2003, calling him the world's strangest executive coach. With the accompanying article quoting Edgar describing Nexium as a cult, and all share that same viewpoint, Ranier formed the World Ethical Foundations Consortium, seeking to distance himself from the cult leader label. Sarah and Claire were successfully bringing the Dalai Lama to his inaugural event held in 2009 in Albany. Years later, it emerged that Sarah had been intimate with Tenzin Dondin, the Dalai Lama's gatekeeper, who'd arranged the appearance and who, as a monk, had taken a vow of celibacy. Following her arrest for Nexium-related activity, Claire pleaded guilty to conspiracy to conceal and harbor illegal aliens for financial gain fraudulent use of identification. She was sentenced to six years and nine months in prison. In 2020, in January of that same year, she and Sarah were named as defendants in a civil lawsuit filed in federal court by 80 former Nexium members who accused them of fraud and abuse. Number two. On February the 13th of 2022, the daughter of a well-known reality TV star Amphetamine possession and fortune in Arkansas. 33 year old Lindsay Nickerbocker was stopped near a motel in Crittenden County after law enforcement noticed that her license plate light was out. When officers searched her vehicle, they found four grams of meth, over $2,000 in counterfeit, two fortune checks, and a device to print more. Nickerbocker's mother, Tammy, had starred on season two and three of The Real Housewives of Orange County. It was only after the police received a call from TMZ that they realized the woman's celebrity ties. In her mugshot, Knickerbocker looked drastically different from her red carpet photos or past TV. The dramatic change was speculated to have been a consequence of her meth addiction. Although her latest arrest arguably had the most serious implications, she'd faced up to that point hadn't been the first. In 2013, she was spotted driving erratically and hitting several parked cars on Balboa Island in California. With the police in tow, the then 23-year-old fled to a friend's house. When law enforcement arrived at the address, Knickerbocker resisted arrest by punching an officer in the stomach. Her blood alcohol level was found to have been 0.32, which was a life-threatening four times over the legal limit. Knickerbocker was given three years probation, ordered to perform community services, and undergo a first offender alcohol program. Number one, Samuel Earl Rich. In the early morning hours of August the 13th of 2021, a young Tennessee woman was shot in the head at the Shelbyville home she shared with her boyfriend. The bullet went under 21-year-old Hannah Grace Perryman's left eye and 
exited from under her left ear. Following an investigation, the shooter was identified as Samuel Earl Rich, the son of a prominent Bedford County judge. After firing at her, he reportedly stood over Perriman's body to make sure she was dead. Miraculously, the woman survived. After Richard fled, she was airlifted to a hospital and underwent life-saving surgery that left her with some bullet fragments still embedded in her face. It would emerge that a few hours before the attack on Perryman, Richard gunned down her boyfriend, 23-year-old James William Warner. He was found abandoned near the intersection of Delaware Avenue and 35th Avenue North in Nashville, and it was determined that he'd been fatally shot four times. The judge's son would also later be charged with stealing his 2021 Jeep Grand Cherokee cash and ID. 25-year-old Rich surrendered to the authorities within a few days of the two shooting incidents after being placed on the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation's most wanted list. During the trial that followed, an agent for the TBI revealed that Richard tried to hire a hitman while he was behind bars. He'd hoped that the prospective assassin could kill Perryman with an overdose and make it look like an accident. Convinced that the case against him would fall apart without her. In recorded jailhouse phone calls, Rich was heard assuring the other man that he was a good guy and that he would pay him mentioning his family's wealth and that his father was in the judicial system. In a victim impact statement read during the trial, Perryman revealed that in addition to various physical difficulties stemming from the shooting, he suffered from PTSD and constant panic attacks. She experienced after learning that Warner, the love of her life, had been killed in cold blood. Rich was sentenced to the maximum of 59 years for the Perryman children after being found guilty of multiple offenses, including attempted that's going to be it for the show uh thank you for listening hope you enjoyed it if you enjoyed that show you liked what i had to say during that show please go to the wherever you're listening to this podcast at with itunes google spotify wherever it allows you to rate this episode or podcast uh five stars is preferable but rate whatever you feel is needed and be sure to comment and subscribe. More stuff is going to be coming up in the future. Um, you can always email me at adcomedyjokes at gmail.com. I'm not a funny duddy person. I do read all the emails that come come to me. And I reply personally. Uh, you know, so that is me. It's not like an assistant or an intern doing it. <laughs> um... If you really, really enjoy the show and you want to keep the show moving forward, what you can do is you can help by donating, tipping on the cash app. Dollar sign AD Comedy Jokes. Do that on there. That'll help keep the show running. You know, every dollar you spend on the show 
will help you to show up, up and running. Even if it's just a dollar you send. Ten people listen to the show, everyone sends a dollar. Helps out. It all adds up. And it all goes to the show. I'm not pocketing any money in my spare time. Flying to Barbados on the weekend and coming back here. Trust me. It all goes into the show. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, no matter where you are or when you are, when you hear this show, remember that I love you.